in a pool of his own blood. In, in his own blood. 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 In his own in a pool of blood. <laughs> blood. 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 In a pool of blood. In a pool of blood. This program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. <laughs> this show is behind the shem shemmers. Yes, it seems. I'm giving you a choice. Either put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. Yeah, it's a nasty scheme. You maniacs! What is a man? You blew it up! Damn you! A miserable little pile of secrets! Damn you all to hell! What is BTS? When we are successful, we will be. We have a real chance of this. Our patience is wearing thin. Hey, the big man's back. www.thekidfrombrooklyn.com. Did you ever see them signs on the highway billboards years ago? I'd walk a mile for a camel. Or they used to have cigarette commercials. The guy used to say I'd walk a mile for a camel. Well, let me tell all you young people out there. The big man would walk 20 miles for a quaalude. Let me tell you. <laughs> that was the drug back there in the late 70s and 80s. Quaaludes. The good old Aurora 714. And they changed it to lemon. I tell you. I wish I had a couple of them fucking lemons now. That was the best fucking drug ever made. It was so fucking good. The government took them off the fucking market because they were, they were putting the fucking drug dealers out of fucking business. <laughs> not narcotic, not addictive. Bring back the fucking quaaludes. You can take all the fucking cocaine, marijuana, and all them fucking designer drugs they make today and stick them up your fucking ass. There's nothing like a fucking quaalude. <laughs> I tell you, they were the fucking best having sex on a quaalude. You thought you died and went to heaven, let me tell you. And when you had an orgasm, you thought you were on a fucking moon. <laughs> Bring back that fucking quaaludes. Anyway, think about it. This is the big man, the voice. The voice of the people. <laughs> Rora 714. <laughs> and the big man's always. Oh, <laughs>
Build Back Quaaludes. This is episode 128 of Behind the Schemes for 11-28-2022. And the government should probably get me off the market at some point. This is Booberry, Black Knight of the Mothman. And all the way from the Bereft Coast, where they're used to hand out Quaaludes like candy on Halloween. My name is Lavish. I used to hand out Quaaludes like Jello shots. Oh, Jello shots are so hit or miss. If they make them with real juice, they're good. But if you make them with water... No good. Mm, um, nom, nom, nom. Yeah. Quick bar tip. Just right out the gate. <laughs> All right. That's a wrap, everybody. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. And good night. Dun, 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 dun. How are you, sir? How are you, Booberry? Uh, how honest of, a, of an answer would you like? Well, you know, we, we had a little hiccup uh, getting into the show today, folks, for everybody who wasn't listening to the pre-stream. And, uh, but that's okay. We're here now. It's episode 128. To answer your question, I'm pissed as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how I'm doing at this moment. Uh, yeah, at this current moment, we are broadcasting only on the No Agenda stream and not our own BTS Scaly stream. How sad. Yes, we're broadcasting on pure anger. Yeah, and then the mix, uh, my normal clip playback engine is... Uh, is also out of commission, so I'm rocking something new, and I, it, it just it feels so foreign. Well, you're a stranger in a strange land, but I'm sure you'll do just fine. It's kind of like the beginning of Castlevania Symphony of the Night when you run into death, and right, death right. says, oh, you want to turn on your daddy Dracula? Fuck you, Alucard. And then he l- levitates Alucard up in the air and blasts all of his cool equipment. Into the ether. Oh. Or or like the beginning of every single Metroid game ever. Mm-hmm. Where you come in and you're balling and you got all your gear. And then you hit some rock and then all your gear gets knocked off. And then the whole game is just you getting the gear that you had at the beginning of the game back again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, yeah. about sums it up. Well, I feel you there. I feel you there. So, I don't know what's happened. I'm sure I'll find out in the process of trying to get it rectified. Hmm. What was the... I don't mean to jump the gun, but I'm wondering if the tarot card reflects this this event. I don't know. I did it in a huff. <laughs> and, uh... Because you got a new deck. I or did. You, you got access to a new deck. I did. So I did go home uh, last week to North Carolina. Uh, that's why I was away for last uh, last episode. Um, and yeah, I hung out with uh, the family for the week of Thanksgiving and we went over to my sister's place day of and ourselves a nice little family meal. Uh, did, did a early Christmas while we were there. Oh, and, nice. Uh, yeah. They knock out an early Christmas. That's very pragmatic of you. Mm hmm. And did you get uh, any gifts. Yeah. Uh, so one of them was this, uh, this, uh, tarot deck, uh, this gilded, um, Marcel. Shit, where is it? Looks cool. I'm looking at the sh- in the show notes. It's zososcorner.substack.com, episode 128. A gilded set. Yeah, the Visconti de Mod- uh, Modern Tarot. Ooh. Yeah. If, uh, if you remember back when we went to the Renaissance Fair, I picked up a, a version of this deck, uh, uh, albeit a uh, much smaller one. These cards are massive. These, this is the deck that you were showing me the other day, the one that's just, yeah, they're like 
They're like the size of bricks. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I got pretty big hands. The cards are as big as my hands are, <laughs> lengthwise. It's you crazy. You kill someone with these cards. So, I don't know. I got I got to practice shuffle. I haven't given them a good shuffle. And I, I want to keep the uh, the foil on there nice, too. So, they're going to need a little extra care. You're going to need to do the the other type of shuffle. Different types of shuffling. Other than the, the classic from the top. You'll have to you'll have to change it the other way. Mm-hmm. Do it from the side. And oh, they also found a booberry shirt for me. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so now I get to rock a rock my face. <laughs> How often do you see booberry merchandise in the wild? Uh, not not ever. I don't. Uh, yeah, but it must be out there. Surely. But yeah, it was nice. I went home and uh, just hung out. It was a quiet week. Didn't go anywhere. Didn't have anything crazy planned. Nice, mellowed out, and of course, uh, scarfed a bunch of food. I'm sure. Yep, naturally. Yeah, that's about what I did with my family. Just ate a bunch of food. You know, that's what it's all about. I didn't even mention Thanksgiving on last week's show, um, but happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, happy belated Thanksgiving. Yeah, and happy holiday season, and we'll see you at Christmas. We got a tarot card for tonight uh, out of the Line Strider deck. Uh, the, I drew the uh, Lovers card. The Lovers. Some keywords about this one. Commitment, partnership, friendship, attraction, marriage, unity, and communication. The Lovers Line Strider is one of the most complex major arcana cards. They represent communication, coworkers, and love in both a common sense and an alchemical universal sense. The zodiac connected to lovers is Gemini. They are portrayed by birds, especially because they are related to the air element. Under their feet are fruits and plants symbolizing life, multiplication, and happiness. And if, you, uh, if you're looking at this card, check it out over at zososcorner.substack.com. It's uh, two cranes kind of posted up in a little field surrounded by fruit. Hmm. And they have a sort of uh, yellow-orange cloud about them that looks like fire but it it's it must be the air because it's representing the gemini the air sign so i guess that's the way that they've animated the air and well, i relate to that because i'm a gemini and i'm an air sign you know see it uh the five fruits on the ground in this card signify the five senses indicating the importance of sex and <laughs> that was a really funny segment last yeah. week by the way. <laughs> hell yeah so i'm talking about and its effect on the bond of the couple. The snake coiled around the tree warns of the world's temptations and the danger of deception or the third person. The flames show passion. Ah, so there are flames. That's ah, why so it's yellow. fire there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we all know that fire loves air. Yep. We all know that, that air and fire, they go well together. If you're an air sign, fire sign, there's chemistry there. Uh, nice. Yeah, in my in my book, in my Starman Tarot book, it says, "I am the gateway to divine love." Ooh, spicy. Yeah, connections with self or another. It asks us to consider different points of view so that we can relate to the issues at hand. Rather than seeing things as black or white, it encourages us to expand our points of view and see things as black and white—two sides of the same coin. I like yeah. it. Yeah, and good old duality. Yeah, because that's what life is. Life is duality at its most basic level. 
Uh, the older version of the Major Six card is sometimes called the Choice. And in fortune telling, it means the important choice between two desires, like torn between two lovers, feeling like a fool. It can range from a basic choice to a major crisis in an individual's life. In fact, the choice can last a person's life. Even those who have never bothered to reach the moral boundaries of their middle class can plug into choices as a life offender. And there are a lot of people who live a dignified appearance, but on the inside are endlessly tormented with desires, adulterous impulses, violence, or simply leaving home to become a wandering traveler. Man, how heavy. Yeah. It, it covers so much ground. <laughs> it's just not, it's not like a single card that's like, oh yeah, you're feeling motivated. Or, oh yeah, you're feeling destitute. This card is all over the place. Yeah, it's got a wide berth. Yeah, wide berth. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, love it. Yeah. If you want to see that card, it's posted up at the top of our show notes. Uh, we do this show live every Monday night over at badradio.live. Yeah, usually it's 7.30 Pacific, 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern when we get this party started. Um, we also got a chat room over there. Uh, hashtag green room. Over at irc.zeronode.net, come hang out, hang out with Gal, draw tarot cards from her. There's no shortage of fun things that go on in the green room. Yes, indeed. A hashtag green room, irc.zeronode.net. The really changes the dynamic of the show. It, it amplifies everything when you're in the chat room. There's plenty of people in there. There's currently 42 people hanging out in our green room. They're they're drinking, they're smoking. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're just having some water, having some tea. You know, they're enjoying some nice, fresh roasted goat, and you can be there, too. Uh, the other place that you want to hang out, if you want, I'm not saying that you have to, but Spook.Social, we still got that Mastodon rolling, and uh, yeah, we had a couple of new people show up. Uh, I think Pfeiffer, Tunta, Mama Berry all rolled in over the weekend. You know it. Yeah, that's right. I was very excited. Everybody was very excited when Mama Berry came in and started following us someone came in and was like ha mama berry followed me but none of you guys <laughs> get and wrecked then she, and then she followed me and i was like ha ha get wrecked son and then we all and then the leverage began it was great <laughs> uh yeah mastodon maybe you've heard of it people have actually heard of mastodon now it's never been more mainstream yeah because elon musk has just completely turned twitter into an, a, a fantastic fascinating circus that all the cockroaches are fleeing i tooted at kathy griffin a link to a guar video and said hey you like guar why don't you join the band and she favorited it <laughs> really see yeah. this see? is it this is these are the golden years of macedon where we get to <laughs> actually talk to celebrities and shit <laughs> i made it look at me <laughs> kathy griffith liked my toot now I can finally die. I've I've been seeing because I've been spending more time on Twitter than ever before, just seeing all this crazy stuff that's going on. And Elon Musk, dude, I'm not an Elon Musk fan, but he's so funny right now with what he's doing, <laughs> and uh, and just the reaction that, that is coming from everybody on Twitter, and everybody, all these major journos have mastodons and they put it in their Twitter bios now. Can you believe that? We've reached the day 
where liberal journos put their mastodon addresses in their Twitter bios. We are in a new age, a golden age, Booberry. Yeah, I've been kind of following along this Fetty Block thing. It's, uh, <laughs> it's definitely interesting to watch it happen in real time. That's great. I'm, I'm, I'm a little... I'm a little sad that Spook.Social made zero appearance on the, uh, I think it was top 500 most uh, defederated servers, which no agenda social, I learned, was number nine. (laughs) Number nine? Out of 500. (laughs) Wow. I wonder what the top eight are. Uh, Post, shit posters. Shit posters. Okay. Free cum extremists. (laughs) You know, the, the fan favorites. <laughs> the, the ones you know and love, if you've been on the Mastodon scene long enough. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it's fun. Come hang out. There's a lot of action on the good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Free of charge. This is a value for value production, uh, meaning that we record everything, we publish it, post it, and put it behind no paywall and put it behind no advertisers or commercial dollar and just ask that if there's anything that uh, you enjoyed and valued out of the show, turn around and help produce it. Help make the show your own. Indeed. Indeed. We are They've merely been the conduits. Call- Sorry. <laughs> We're merely the conduits. Go ahead. They've been called lavish. They didn't strike me as lavish at all. But if you want to find something that's lavish and affordable, you should check out today's sponsor. Do a commercial, you're off the artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore, and uh, end of story. Rolling out the MK Ultra song. Great. They're really selling it. Sorry, Mario. Uh, the princess is in another castle. Easiest way to help produce this show is to call 612-263-7999. Again, that number, (laughs) 612-263-7999. You don't even have to give us a call, though we would love if you gave us a call, left us a voicemail, but we also have a text uh, function, so you can text us. Yeah, I'm checking out. It doesn't look like that we have any. We uh, do. I, you know what I was doing is I was pressing on them on accident when I was fitzing around when I had it open earlier. Um, so they there definitely are. I just they don't look like they're new. Uh, just play whatever is the the one, the last one. I believe it's gonna be this one. The only thing I can say to call her is something along those lines. Nice. Uh, yeah. I think the the one before that as well might be new. Uh, let's try this one. 
What up, what up, what up? Just got done running and uh, listened to all but the last, like, two seconds of uh, uh, Monday, well, whatever day that was, I guess, uh, November 21st uh, episode with uh, just Sir Lavish and No Booberry. Uh, but, uh, yeah, anyway, just, uh, got the vocal mail in too late for that episode, so I guess there'll be multiple ones on this one, but, uh, anyway, just an update, you know, went out running and it was dark, so I wore the camel pack thing that holds the water bottle, but didn't need the water bottle, but it was just trying to pack and, uh, uh, so I could have some lights on, and, uh, cause it'd be dark, you know? And, uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, now, now, now my nipples are hard and they're lactate because the backpack's kind of loose or the whatever the little thing's kind of loose. And yeah, so they're definitely not milk for milking like, uh, that other guy. So cue, uh, song right there. Anyway, yeah. And, uh, two days in running. The chafing be real, man. The chafing be real. Anyway, yeah. Um, all important things. All important things. But uh hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving, you know, because that's when this will go. And uh yeah, you know. You too. Uh anyway, that's about it. That's 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 the update. But uh well done holding it down. You kept it solid, um straight and narrow or whatever and whatnot. And uh oh my. Sorry I didn't uh get the vocal mail in a little too late to uh get played, so you didn't have as much uh stuff going but anyway. Life goes on. All right. We'll let y'all end up. Stay dangerous and uh, kaka. Kaka. Kaka, caller. <laughs> Thank you, caller. Thank you for always staying dangerous. That's one of the most dangerous callers I've ever heard. Consistently dangerous. They have seminars about this guy. OSHA certified seminars. The DCA, the Dangerous Conference of America has this guy as a card-carrying member. Yeah. Wherever you see clipboards and danger, you'll see his face plastered there. You'll see him there, running. He'll be running at you. Full speed. Dangerously. He's probably going to be smiling the entire way down, too. He's going to just, yep. (laughs) And you know what? He's going to come up to you, and he's, by golly, he's going to give you a big hug. The biggest. The most dangerous hug ever. Danger, danger, battles hug. When we we hug, when we kiss, danger, danger. I realized because you know you take a week away, you you come back, your shit's all fucked up. You're you're gonna get sloppy. I got a little sloppy tonight. You got sloppy? Yeah, I totally barreled past uh, reading off any boostergrams we had come through. Uh, should we save them for second, second half? We can do that. Just so we can crack into some material. Yeah. And, uh, we still got plenty of time to listen to your screen mails. All you got to do is call 612-263-7999. And, uh, we'll get to it after this, uh, first segment. Yes, indeed. And of course, yes, time to boost as well. We'll read off the boost second, second half of show during the producer segment. No, we typically do, but we'll do that tonight just to, just to crack into some stuff. We got some stuff. Mm-hmm. I think we'll, uh, how about we do six-sided die, closest person to three will go first. 
Okay, sounds agreeable. I'm walking away with a five. I also got a five. Oh, shit. Emergency re-roll. Re-roll. Super sudden death. <laughs> I don't know who did. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I think I did even worse this time. Oh, I got it. Three. I got a one. 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 Nice. Uh, oh, Clay can't hear the live stream. Everybody who... <laughs> this, it's redundant to say this on the stream if you can't hear the stream. We're only in the no gen stream. Um, all right, I shall go first. So there uh, was a, a, a little controversy, a little crime, I guess, that was committed by a rather infamous figure right now, uh, Sam Brinton, who is the uh, gender fluid individual who works for the federal government. Earlier in the year, they were they caught a lot of um, I don't know publicity uh, because this individual is just a very interesting looking person. It's a, a man with a mustache, not a man with a mustache, but somebody who identifies or who was once a man with a mustache, wearing a dress, working for the, uh, for the U S department of energy. You, you, you remember this person? Why are you pushing a Jewish agenda? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Did you see Kanye walk off of Tim Cast? No, I uh, I did not see anything from that. <laughs> it's pretty fresh. I watched it like right before the show. It's so funny. We got to play it later. Right on. Yeah, I'll check it out. Um, but anyway, this Sam Brenton individual is very, uh, very famous, I guess, as of this year. 34 years old. Uh, uh, so close. I know. I know. <laughs> Just edged out of it, but probably became this big hotshot at the Fed uh, when they were 33. Mm-hmm. So there you go. They worked for think tanks, uh, MIT graduate, one of the first openly gender fluid individuals in federal government leadership. They are currently the deputy assistant secretary of the Office of Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition, a nuclear physicist from MIT. So very, very smart person, but caught a lot of publicity for just being just a very interesting looking person. Um, They got caught, I guess, stealing some luggage from from none other than MSP, Minneapolis-St. Paul International. Oh, that's where I live. That's over in your neck of the woods. Uh, One more thing, though, before I go on. And I don't mean to, I want to preface, I don't mean to kink shame anyone. You know, Booberry's got me back on this. Like, no, we never want to kink shame on this show. BTS is not a, it's not a, a or or to, or to ridicule anybody for their whatever preference or whoever they are. You know, if you do what you do in the privacy of your home, that's fine. You know, I'm only kind of making fun of this guy because he, he made this like his public persona. So what do you want? Um, was a, an anti-conversion therapist who I guess when was born into a Southern Baptist family and went through some pretty intense um, conversion therapy, which I don't wish on anybody. Mm-mm. I don't, I don't wish that on anyone. 
that must have been a drag, um, but essentially used that as a platform for their career. And uh, I guess he, he t- uh, they teach Kink 101 workshops at college campuses. So there's a, f- a photo in the show notes of Brenton in his in, in their dress uh, with three other guys uh, in leather dog masks and straps on their knees around him at a college doing this uh, this class. Also, I realized that this person is a, a member of the um, very famous San Francisco group. Uh, oh, God. Uh, the Sisters of um, something. God damn it. I can't believe I didn't write it down. Very, very famous, classic San Francisco drag group. Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, I think is what it's called. And his name, their name is Sister Ray D. Oactive. <laughs> Sister Ray D. O. Active. <laughs> yeah. Ray <Yes. laughs> D. O. Active. <laughs> o with apostrophe. I thought you might like that. I, and, I do uh, get a kick out of that. <laughs> <laughs> the whole point of like the, the drag group is that they all have fake Catholic sister names, Catholic nun names. There's a sister radio active. Uh, they, she, they attended the 2021 lavender mass where he paid tribute to Daddy Fauci. They had a Daddy Fauci tribute to him recently uh, in San Francisco. I wonder if they have any photos of that. That would be interesting to see. Uh, so, I'm just, I'm going to give him a little bit of karma. Woo! Made six whole big ones. Let's go! My nipples are rock hard right now. Ooh! <laughs> so here's the skinny on this, on this federal government uh, official. Law enforcement at the Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport were alerted to a missing suitcase in the baggage claim area on September 16th of 2022. I believe that's around the time that I was actually hanging out with you. Um, The adult female victim who uh, said she flew into Minneapolis on a Delta flight from New Orleans, she went to retrieve her check bag from Carousel 7. Airport records confirmed that the Navy Blue Vera Bradley roller bag had arrived at 4.40 p.m., but was missing. So law enforcement reviewed video surveillance footage and observed Brenton removing the bag from Carousel 7, uh, took it from the carousel, put it in a handbag that he was carrying, and then left the area at a quick pace. Uh, Brenton arrived at the Minneapolis airport at around 4.27 p.m. on an American Airlines flight from D.C., but didn't even check a bag, so there was no reason for him to even be in the baggage claim area anyway. So he went into the baggage claim, took someone's bag from a different flight, a different airline, and then and then hurried off with it and took off with it. So this lady reports her, her baggage missing. They watch the footage and they see him leave the airport. He left the airport and he went and he stayed at the uh, Intercontinental St. Paul Riverfront Hotel. He stayed there for two days and then left. Uh, surveillance video then caught him in Washington, D.C. on October 9th. So this was a couple weeks later. Uh, caught him traveling, returning from a vacation in Europe. Must be very nice. Uh, this, this 34-year-old executive just like already flitting off to Europe. No big deal. Um, but I guess on the return trip, they caught him on video traveling with that bag. He still had that bag on his person. <laughs> Coming back from Europe. The victim who lost this bag, 
whose bag was taken estimated the value of the bag and its contents around over two thousand dollars. Jeez, which is interesting. I I looked at the the value of the bag itself. It says the brand, the Vera Bradley roller bag. I looked that up, and that's only like a couple hundred bucks at most. So I'm guessing that it was, I don't know. I don't know what it could have been electronics, jewelry, clothes. I don't know. Um, so police saw this footage on the 9th over in DC and they called him and they questioned Brendan about the missing bag and asked him directly if he took anything that didn't belong to him. Brendan responded, not that I know of. He later admitted to taking the bag, but said that the clothes inside were his. <laughs> Uh, he said, quote, if I had taken the wrong bag, I am happy to return it, but I don't have any clothes for another individual. That was my clothes when I opened the bag. Do you think that's just a defense mechanism or I, I, I don't know, like this to come out so boldly and state, yeah, I've got this bag and it, there was totally my clothes in here. What are you talking about? It, yeah, it wasn't my bag, but they were my clothes in there. Well, they're my clothes now. <laughs> or, or they're, yeah, I didn't see any of her clothes. So, two all, hours passed. All pass. I see is my shit. <laughs> all I see is my shit. And hey, ain't that the truth? Apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Brendan then calls the officer two hours later and says that he was not being, quote, completely honest. This time, Brennan says that he took the bag because he was tired and thought it was his. He allegedly told the police that he realized the bag didn't belong to him. And when he opened it at the hotel, he got nervous and he didn't know what to do. He was worried that people would think that he stole the bag. This is what he said to police. And he said that he left the victim's clothes in the drawers in the hotel room and just took the bag. Do she? Do you know why? Do she? You know why he didn't? He he brought the bag though. Well, why he didn't just leave the bag too? Because he liked the bag, or because he didn't br- he didn't bring his own bag? Because quote he said quote it would have been weirder to leave a bag in the hotel room. So it wasn't weird to just leave someone else's clothes that you took from an airport in whatever hotel drawers. <laughs> And then take their bag. It was it was less weird to to not leave the bag. So police told Brenton how to return the bag to Delta. But as of today, which is November twenty eighth, twenty twenty two, this is like over a month, almost two months later, the victim has still not received her bag back. Also, uh, police learned that no clothing was recovered from the hotel room. Do you think he kept it? I don't. No, it's funny to think that he did, but I don't know. It's a mystery. This whole thing is a fascinating mystery. <laughs> I I thought that this was just fantastic. It's it's a weird one. Very bizarre. What a what a strange what strange behavior for a government official. Yeah, especially for someone who's under a spotlight, someone who's really kind of famous now and and it's very easy to pick out of a crowd i mean you're talking about i mean no offense and it, it's not there's nothing wrong with doing it but you're talking about a, a bald man in a dress with a mustache easy to pick out of a crowd so I, i'm not sure 
what the what the logic was here. I do kind of want this damn daddy t-shirt. Yes, I noticed that. You're talking about in the photo in zososcorner.substack.com where we have Brenton teaching their kink 101 workshop. You have a guy on his knees wearing a the leather dog mask with a shirt that says damn daddy. <laughs> fire. Fire my guy. <laughs> fire, fire 100. Straight up. <laughs> uh, so any what do you think? Do you think that he kept the clothes? I, you know, don't want to necessarily cast judgment, but yes. Why not? Well, Bully Steed says that if it's over $1,000, it, it's a federal crime. Especially if you take it from an airport. I feel like that's a big deal. Well, it just depends on who you are, I suppose. I guess so. I wonder if this lady that he stole the bag from, I wonder if she's like a big shot. Maybe she can go after him. If it's worth it to her. I don't know. What a interesting turn of events. If it were, Lord knows if it were like a conservative person. <laughs> be like, you know, who knows? Who knows what would happen? But anyway. Ben Shapiro uh, took my luggage. Yeah. What if she took Ben? What if he took Ben Shapiro's luggage? Ben Shapiro, you bring my luggage back. Ben Shapiro would be talking real fast at you. <laughs> I don't know why, but Ben Shapiro's also gotten a lot of bad press on Twitter lately. Everybody's been ripping into him. Everybody's been calling him out for the the McDonald's conservative he is. Mm. This softballing joker who only has on weirdos <laughs> and teenagers to, to debate with. My favorite pink slime conservatives. <laughs> He's definitely 110% pink slime. Vote for <laughs> McChicken Nugget Mold 2024. 20 McTwenty-four. Filthy. Tell us Absolutely. what the McGangbang tastes like. I will. <laughs> it's $4.99. You can get it until 2 p.m. Oh. Why didn't you have the McGangbang? because <laughs> i woke up late no go get out of town it's crazy that's I great i want that i know me too <laughs> carolyn me too keep the winds racking up oh, oh, man. oh man dirty filthy filthy and also dirty yeah Whoosh. uh also something that came up on my radar unless you have any parting thoughts about our friend sam I uh I I definitely would like to stay up to date on what happens with this. This is some fresh stuff. This uh article that I'm referencing just came out yesterday and it's only now that all of the the foxes and the CNNs and the mainstream stuff they're just now picking up on this story. This I, is a a new thing. I, I kind of want to see if the footage is available so we can make show art right oh. out of it. Goodness gracious. What an excellent idea. Definitely need that footage for my archives. No doubt. Because Lord knows, I had an archive before, and then I started doing this show, and now my archive is growing. I need that for my archive. Uh, Sam Brendan, job less. Good luck to you. And I hope that this lady gets her bag back. Me too. Uh, and and her clothes and all her stuff. Jeez. But wouldn't it be funny if this guy got away with it? Just wasn't just got off scot free. <laughs> wouldn't it be funnier if they put her in jail? 
Uh, I'm so glad I didn't. I, I wanted to talk about China stuff because there's like massive riots going on in China right now, at least from the footage that they let out. Mm-hmm. And you have to be suspect of all of the footage that comes out of China because they have such an iron grip over everything that you have to question. I mean, you question everything anyway, but especially from them. But I need more time to, to collect information on that. But it just reminds me of that. Just the, the, the massive tyranny. If it is, even a scrap of it is, is true. It's, uh, it's interesting to watch. But as far as we are concerned over here in the United States, we only have to worry just about being basically taxed at the ass. That's, that's the biggest problem that we have over here so far. Changes every day. But uh, it turns out that through the American Rescue Plan Act, which, uh, if you don't recall, was the, the name of the law or bill that was passed that gave everybody those $600 checks at the beginning of the year from the Biden administration, the pandemic relief checks. Yeah, the free money. The free money? Free money, honey. Yes. This very thing, the American Rescue Plan Act, also known as ARPA, also known as H.R. 1319, passed through Congress, Congress last year. The measure was, again, meant to help the American public through a pandemic. But Democratic politicians, and I mean it specifically the Democrats, snuck in tax rules that grant the IRS new powers and bank surveillance. And this is the first year that some of those things will go into effect, and they might actually affect us. Uh, they, they might affect everybody, potentially. And now that the year is coming to a close, I think it behooves people to know that this might be on the docket for their... This might be added to their tax burden. Uh, 2022 will be the first year Americans are required to report transactions of $600 or more through third-party apps or companies like Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, whatever. Um, that's the basic way. Or if they make it through a business like Etsy or eBay. If, you, if somebody gives you $600 or more, um, you have to report it to the IRS because those companies will be letting the IRS know that you're on the hook for that. And they've created a new form. It's called the 1099K. And uh, you're meant to fill it out and and send it to the IRS in case you've <laughs> been given more than $600 over the course of an entire year. Um, I have a clip. Uh, please play IRS 1600 intro. There is a new $600 IRS rule that is in effect for 2022. It's already being implemented, so it's a done deal. This was part of the American Rescue Plan Act, which passed in March of 2021. This new law was in the bill that came with the third stimulus check for $1,400. So the politicians, they snuck this new IRS rule into the bill, and now it's coming into play this year. If you receive $600 or more through a third-party settlement provider, that third party, they're going to report your information to the IRS. So if I Venmo you $600 or more over the course of the year, you're going to have to report that information on your tax return. If you do not, then you can expect a letter from the IRS. The same thing is going to happen with PayPal. If you sell something on Amazon or eBay or Etsy and it's more than $600 for the year in total, then those companies, they're going to report your information to the IRS. They're really selling it. Yep. 
just another thing, another layer, another chip that the government gets. I and can't this- believe that they snuck that in on the <laughs> on that third uh, relief payment. How <sighs> is that possible? It's always on the worst shit that they sneak this terrible stuff in. Because if you criticize the American Rescue Plan Act, well then by golly, you are an idiot and you are un-American. You are not part of the solution. Because it's called the American Rescue Plan Act. Don't you want to rescue people, Booberry? Don't you want to be part of the solution? Yeah. Do you want to be a part of the problem? We don't want you to be a part of the problem now, do we? You don't want to be a problem now there, do ya? No. 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 So, before this, eh, I'll just play the second clip. IRS, uh, two third parties. Previously, these companies, so these third-party providers, they were reporting your information to the IRS if you received $20,000 and had more than 200 transactions. But now this new rule, it's dropped that requirement from $20,000 to just $600. So these companies, they're going to be forced to report your activity to the IRS if you exceed that $600 limit. This sounds like it's going to be an administrative nightmare for the American people and for the IRS, but that's how it's going to be. This is the new rule. So let me give you a real life scenario so there's no confusion. Let's say that you and me, we want to buy something together and split the cost 50-50. It could be for food. It could be for tickets for an event. It could be something for vacation, etc. So let's say that you pay for it and I reimburse you that money through PayPal. So if you receive $600 or more through PayPal, <laughs> it's a little redundant, so not I know, just I from me, but we're talking from everyone combined for the entire year, then you're going to receive a tax document from PayPal, the 1099K. PayPal, they're also going to be sending this report, the 1099K. They're going to send that same report to the IRS. And the IRS, because they now have that report, they're going to be expecting you to report that information on your tax return. Failure to do so, it's going to be problematic. It's going to be problematic. Yeah, sorry. It is a little redundant. It's There's repeating a lot of stuff over and over again. It's kind of silly. But... It's just kind of hammering in the idea, I suppose. I wonder what the employees must feel like. They're the ones who are going to get hit the hardest uh, to have everybody has to do this, essentially. I mean, the the claim is that they do this to stop rich people from skimping on their taxes, but this affects everybody. This affects people under the poverty line. Mm-hmm. And everybody has to do this extra piece of paperwork for the IRS and if it were done perfectly and everybody actually did it, which it won't, that won't happen. But if that theoretically were to happen, then the IRS would be overwhelmed with this new document that they would have to process for every single fucking person in the country. And then what's really going to happen is that most people aren't going to do this and they're going to have to follow up on it. People are going to get in trouble. It only costs the IRS more time because then they have to react to that, penalize people, whatever. And it ends up being a major cost on them. More time is more money from them. So it ends up being more expensive for the administration to deal with it. Uh, and this is all part of the Build Better, Build Back Better Act. Of course. Of course. Everyone's favorite, Build Back Better. Oh, my goodness. And they didn't even bring the Quaaludes. Shame. No. 
shame. Man, you're so right, though, dude. Imagine if they brought those back. I think the I think the stock market would like uh, would skyrocket. <laughs> the economy would recover. The excuse me, the economy would recover overnight. Quaaludes, they're the they're the hope. They're a new hope. But they're no. our only hope. I love the <laughs> I love the idea. The reason they got rid of Quaaludes is because it was ruining the black market for Coke and weed, and I believe it. <laughs> I believe that. Well, and it, nobody even knows about it anymore except for those who've seen the movie Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, people our age and younger who weren't around during the Quaalude era. Yeah, I, I don't I I can't remember ever hearing about it before that movie. Yeah. Never. It just went away. Erased. Uh anyway, uh please play clip three, Dems and Surveillance. Moving on to the IRS bank surveillance. First, you should know that when I say the Democrats, you know, I'm not trying to pick on them or make them look bad. I'm just giving you the facts. The Democratic politicians, they want to give the IRS the authority to look at your bank accounts if you have transactions over $600. There was a lot of misinformation saying that the details of our bank transactions, they would not be released to the IRS. So that was partially true. The banks, they would have given the IRS the total amount of inflows and outflows of your bank accounts, but the IRS, they would have the ability to request detailed information about your transactions and the banks, they would have had to have surrendered it over. So the answer is yes, the IRS, they would have the ability to see any transaction in your bank accounts. This caused a lot of backlash and a lot of outrage. So the Democratic politicians, they chose to change the rules. They changed it to, if you have more than $10,000 coming in or going out of your bank account for the year, then you would be reported to the IRS. The Democratic politicians said that they wanted this IRS bank surveillance to catch rich people from evading taxes. This was interesting. Because if someone, so if anyone spent, or if anyone spends more than $833 a month, then they would be over the $10,000 limit and they would have been flagged by the IRS. But nearly every American, even people below the poverty line, they would trigger the $10,000 threshold and find themselves under IRS scrutiny. It sounds like these, these guys are just bored. <laughs> you know Almost. What? We don't have anything better to do. Let's harass the American public at large. Let's try to pass the most unpopular bill that we can think of and then do it. Although with this, and I want to clarify, there is a difference between the Build Back Better Act and the American Rescue Plan Act. There are two different things. ARPA did did get actually passed through Congress. It, It became a law. It became a thing. Uh, the Build Back Better Act, and and to clarify, ARPA involves the six hundred dollar issue. If you spend or receive more than six hundred dollars, blah blah blah. With Build Back Better, you have the situation where the IRS actually gets to see into your bank account. They get they are given the power to see the transactions and to see what you're actually doing. And this uh, this act, the Build Back Better Act, is not passed through Congress. It's passed through the House. The House approved it with a very, you know, strict 
one-to-one ratio of Democrats to Republicans, 2020 to 2013, um, passed through there. And Nancy Pelosi gave a very creepy, like, victory declaration for the event, which I th- I think is in the show notes somewhere. But if it isn't, you should look it up. It's She's so weird. She's so weird to watch. <laughs> um, she's like a zombie, you know? She's just, yeah. Well, you walk around trying to wear somebody else's skin, and particularly your clone's skin. I know. How many t- This poor person's on her, like, 20th clone. These things are running out. It's like a it's like a JPEG that just gets over and over and over and every copy just gets a little more blurry, a little less defined. A little a little more blown out. <laughs> uh, please play clip four, uh, build back better act. However, this IRS bank surveillance rule, it's not come into effect. That's because it's part of the Build Back Better Act. The Build Back Better Act, it's stalled in the Senate. The bill, it's expected to be revived in about two or three months, but for the time being, it's not making any progress. So we don't know if the Build Back Better Act, if it's going to pass at all. If the bill does not pass, then the IRS bank surveillance, that rule, it would die along with the bill. If the Build Back Better Act does end up passing, it may come with modifications or the removal of this IRS bank surveillance. And if this new banking rule, if it does end up actually passing, it would not go into effect until 2023 by the earliest. And just so you know, this IRS bank surveillance proposal, it's very unpopular with the American people. I know that the Democratic politicians, they're really, I mean, they're pushing hard for it. But the majority of even Democratic voters, they're against it. So I ran a poll asking if you support this IRS banking proposal Of the 73,000 people that voted, only 2% of the people said that they support it. 94% of people said that they were against it, and 4% of people said that they were undecided or they felt indifferent. The banks, they were getting upset about this proposal too, because this would create more work for the banks, which means that it would cost them more money. The banks, they were getting so mad and so upset that they were even threatening to raise overdraft fees, raise minimum balances, discontinue free checking, etc. So there was a lot of drama over this piece of legislation. So we'll see if this banking proposal gets brought back to life in the next few months. Try and resurrect it from the dead. Ugh. It's been in limbo. The Build Back Better Act has been stuck in the Senate. Actually, it turns out that the main opponent of it is none other than Joe Manchin. And Joe Manchin is being credited, at least by the AP uh, media, as the as the bill killer of this guy. Uh, they they can't come to an agreement, and um, and the Senate just I guess can't seem to get it through. So uh, to this date, again being November twenty eighth, twenty twenty two, the act hasn't passed, and the IRS cannot have this specific power to look into your bank account. Um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating, uh, that the, I, I, this clip reminded me again that the banks do have an absurd amount of leverage with the free checking, threatening to eliminate free checking. (laughs) If the, if the banks unilaterally agreed to end free checking, the economy would collapse. People would. And raising late fees and all that other shit. I mean, that is just 
That is tar. That is sticky, sticky tar that doesn't go away. Overdraft fees. Overdraft fees. And if everybody had to pay, you know, 10, 15 bucks a month to have a bank account, a basic checking account. I mean, come on, dude. (laughs) Would not be good. So it's a, it's a funny bit of leverage that the banks do have and that they can work in accordance with one another. They can collectively say, hey, because there's really only four in the United States. There's only four banks that are worth anything. Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Citigroup, and um, JP Morgan, Chase. These are the banks. And they, whatever they say, whatever they do goes. And they all work together because it's one big club and we're not a part of it. Mm-mm. Um, so yeah, thank goodness that this act is, is tied up in the Senate. Um, but as you can see, moves are being made and people want to have access to your banking information. They want to be able to monitor and therefore control your financial movements. I also put on some images in zososcorner.substack.com of the ARPA government site and some interesting images that they have. They've got like some hand-drawn sketches ARPA that like you click on and they're like, Hey, my small business needs help or Hey, I need assistance, you know, getting groceries for my family. And everybody in these drawings are wearing a mask. (laughs) And there's just something so odd. And it looks like, it looks like they're even the uh, N95 masks that they illustrated in there. Double straps, big time, big deal. The one that I, that I like the most is the, they get the farmer and he's out in his farm outside by himself alone with a cowboy hat and a tucked in shirt and he's wearing a mask that matches his shirt by the way (laughs) so it must be a cloth mask (laughs) this guy's wearing a cloth mask by himself outside in the middle of a a farm where there's nothing for miles so i i had to post that it's just it just tickled me i loved it um so that's all there all that information is there so be wary if you do have a side hustle or even if you pay rent, I mean, if you are in a situation where you pay, you know, 500, a thousand bucks, whatever in between to somebody for rent, then you fall under this. So just, just be careful and uh, try not to get screwed by the tax man more than you already can are. Or embrace it and go hard and we could flood. I mean, Hypothetically, allegedly, legend has it, Minecraft, we could flood them. Flood them? Yeah. Wash them out. How so? Well, we just, we all just start trading $600 back and forth. <laughs> and then don't pay the tax? Yeah. I saw that tweet just, just today, I think, and I see it every now and again, the tweet that just simply says, let's just all stop paying taxes. They can't arrest all of us. <laughs> No, and I've seen can't. that. I've seen that written out. In, in, like since I was like a kid, people have been saying that. Let's just stop, all of us. Okay, one, two, three. You. It's like everybody's at the at the cliff. All <laughs> right, I'll jump if you jump. <laughs> <laughs> but it only it's the uh, what is the the Byzantine problem? It only works if we all do it. If one person doesn't commit, then the whole thing collapses. Yeah. See, in it's a like way, the blockchain. In a way, and it's also kind of like unionizing, mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah, like how the how the cast of Friends you unionized, all six of them. They said, "Hey, if you don't give all of us a million bucks per episode, then we're all walking." 
And so they gave him a million bucks per episode. I mean, that's how that's how Fox popular. Yeah, that's that's a negotiation tactic right there. So yeah. Um, other than that, like I said, just little menial stuff that I'll probably address in later episodes, including the riots in China, this uh, Balenciaga controversy with this luxury fashion brand that is caught up in a whirlwind of classic satanic pedo controversy just textbook pizzagate shit fascinating but i I need a little more time to 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 put things together and to have a nice collage of of what's going on because there's just new information coming out every day it's so fresh um but i did i did post a couple of images below but you've seen this right you've seen what's going on with this i've had a cursory look at it uh servos shared a fairly uh, involved thread about some stuff and books. I, I love the trope that someone left this crazy artist book laying on a table and somebody got the, the wherewithal to zoom in, see who the artist was, look up the book and, and, and then discover that the imagery inside of said book is all this uh, sort of ritualistic, sacrificial artwork. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's classic <laughs> Moloch blood magic. Yeah, yeah. Somebody actually had the 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 tuned detail to see this one random modeling photo and to catch that book. And boy, did they catch it! And they've got images all over. I I was hesitant to put these images in the show notes because they're pretty rough. I mean, there's a lot of sexualization of children, and you know, kids wearing straps and just all kinds of shit. And it's just ugh. It's very, very awful and bizarre, but probably something that we should touch upon at some point, talk about at some point. Uh, And then the other thing is, again, the Sam Bankman-Fried, who I've talked about now for the last couple episodes, but things just keep escalating and and happening with this guy. And for some reason, I'm just fascinated, fascinated by the character of Sam Bankman-Fried. He's going to, he's not in prison, by the way, after losing $15 billion. He's not, he's not in prison. He is set to speak at a New York Times event, uh, a, a book event, with an impressive collection of elitist spooks. May I read a, a, a short list of people who are going to be attending this New York Times event? I think you should, yes. We have, of course, our friend SBF. We have President of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky. CEO of BlackRock, Larry Fink. The, the uh, Treasury Secretary, Secretary Janet Yellen. We have the CEO of TikTok. We have Mike Pence, the Vice President under Trump. We have the founder and CEO of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. What? <laughs> we have the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, total sorrow spook. <laughs> we have the CEO of Artist Equity, Ben Affleck. <laughs> wow. Uh, we have the former prime minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, attending. We have Reed Hastings, the founder and CEO of Netflix and relative of uh, Edward Bernays. Yeah. 
father of modern day propaganda. Wow. This and is... sorry. Oh, I'm not even done. I'm not done yet. So we also have uh, the new president and CEO of Amazon, the guy who replaced Bezos after he stepped down. Wow. Uh, Priscilla Sims Brown. And uh, we have uh, Scarlett Lewis. We have Van Jones from CNN. Wow. Oh, my God. Dude, it is quite a collection. You know, sometimes it's it's just it's good to be a winner. <laughs> uh, Turbo Fagot in the chat asked for the Netflix Bernays relation. I believe that you addressed this relation uh, some episodes back, Booberry. Did you not? I did. Uh, bef- before I try to recall that, I, I was going to hit you with this. It's going to be a real who's who of child rapists. Indeed, it is. Very much so. It's Moloch's own pride and joy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talk about your A-team. Goodness gracious. It's like Frieza's Ginyu squad and Moloch teamed up and had a McGang Bang baby. Yeah, this is like the mighty Morphin Power Rangers of evil sick fucks. Uh, there's other people. To, dude, all these people combined, there, there must be $100 billion in the room. Probably more. Easy. So that's wild. Probably maybe maybe like five hundred like half a trillion dollars or something. It's gonna be walking around in this room just with all of these big time capital guys and these Zuckerberg, the tech companies, all the shit. It's wild. Wild. So this is a New York Times event. It's happening November thirtieth. And uh, I'm not sure if any of it's gonna be broadcast, but I did put the link to the event, an archive link to, um, it's called the Deal Book Summit. And it's hosted by none other than Andrew Sorkin. And uh, it's basically a, a B League Bilderberg meeting, in my opinion. Oh, so it's kind of like the <laughs> Legion of Mild Annoyances. <laughs> yes. Let us get together and gripe and have cocktails. Yeah. You heard of the Legion of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> How about the Legion more. of Gloom? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm still kind of stuck here thinking about this bill. And it's like, man, there's people that are really disappointed that this thing is stuck in legal limbo. Like they're frustrated, like experiencing the same type of frustrations that we deal with on a daily basis. Yeah, they're just like us. They put two <laughs> two their pants on one leg at a time in the morning, you know. They stitch their leg parts on one fleshy piece at a time, just like the rest of us. <laughs> they slip into their human exoskeleton form like the rest of us every morning. <laughs> I zip up my people person pants one leg at a time. Thank you. Hello, I like to listen to human music. <laughs> Oh, wow. Human water. This is delicious. Ah, my body has been nourished with this water. This hydrogen and oxygen-based compound has done wonders for me. Thank you. Yes, thank you, fellow human. I am wet. (laughs) Sorry, molecule, not compound. Wait, no. Yeah, compound. Wait, yes. No, molecule. It's a molecule. What am I I saying? What the? What the? What the hell? 
all the chemists listening to the show are face palming right now. Uh, uh, yeah. Would you want to listen to a scream mail or two? I would love to. Yes. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Well, uh, Miriam Webster's like two years late on that word, aren't they? You know what I mean? strange that now that word is trending, trending enough to be the word of the year. I'm so mad. What's the word? I think I know what word caller is getting it. (laughs) What's the word? That's awesome. Uh, I do too, I think. Yeah, I got a little uh, brief blurb about Merriam-Webster's Word of 2022. And yes, indeed. We'll get to that in the second, second half of the show here. Uh, let's do another scream out. Let's. Bigfoot keeps asking me to suck his hairy dick. Whoa. I just want to snuggle, but he just wants me to suck his dick. Whoa. What the mm. fuck is wrong with Bigfoot? Because he only wants the sex. Mm-hmm. I just want to snuggle, but... Ah! Oh, caller, you fucked around. You found out. Oh, my goodness. You know what they say about people with Bigfoot? Uh, shaky camera footage? Blurry, yeah, shaky, yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about Bigfoot? I, when I was spending Thanksgiving with my family, we realized that in the background of a sporting event we were watching, they'd put on a generic, like, cable nature scene have you seen these have you heard of these where they have the just like the the moving river going by and the deer eating and the trees and you put it on in the background but it's not even real it's a computer generated like nature scene Mm -hmm. it's very bizarre and i was watching it and i looked in the corner and there was bigfoot bigfoot was walking through this valley this beautiful valley and I said, look, it's Bigfoot. And as soon as everybody looked, Bigfoot was gone. <sighs> wow. Fucking many such cases, dude. I, That's uh, what I think about Bigfoot. <laughs> here, here's what I think about Bigfoot. And then all of a sudden, from the top of the roof, jumps a motherfucking Bigfoot. And it was a 12-footer. It was huge. It was huge. And it, it got worse because... You know, the, the the goddamn thing had a heart on, and it was stroking it, and it was looking at me like, oh, my God, the thing's going to try and fuck me or something. Those, you know, I've heard the reports. I've heard the reports that there's, like, anal rapings. The, the Bigfoot, like, I was afraid he was the, the damn thing was going to bend me over the Weber kettle here and, and cornhole me. Cornhole you? Yeah. It's a real thing Bigfoot will do. You better believe it. You better, yeah. You want... Better watch out. Better not cry. Bigfoot B- coming out tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how the song goes. <laughs> the old classic children's classic. Thanks. Orchestral accompaniment by Phil Collins. <laughs> oh, boy. Phil Collins did everything. <laughs> Oh, Better not pass. Bigfoot's coming for you. I remember that one. Yes. Yeah, it's a classic. Covered <laughs> by Burl Ives, uh, Frank Sinatra, Dolly Parton. 
Bing Bing Bong Crosby. Tiny Tim. Big Tim. <laughs> Medium sized Tim. <laughs> regular Tim, yeah. Plain Jane. AKA Tim. regular. <laughs> uh I'm I'm excited about the intermission. I found a new uh CC by website. Oh, nice. You got some fresh crop for the fresh meat for the grinder. Yeah, and uh about halfway I'm gonna go ahead and preface this with a warning. About halfway through, you're gonna want an umbrella. Oh my. Because it's gonna get wet. Oh my. Oh my goodness. 612-263-7999. Give us a call. Basically, a 99% probability that you're holding something that the Fuhrer drank from at his vacation home. This is Hitler's cup. That was Hitler's cup. Yeah. <laughs> Put it to your lips. Put it to your lips. Happy birthday. <laughs> this is the best birthday present ever. I'm supposed to destroy it. No, you can get a lot of money for that. You can get a lot of money. <laughs> you get it in my hand. You're making me hold Nazi memorabilia. I thought it was gonna be Winston Churchill's. I was so excited. <laughs> it totally belonged to Hitler. Of course, climate change is a conspiracy made up by socialist vampires to push policies. A greener set of bells. 
Disrespectful, or just you—you you were just having fun with some of the crucifixes and stuff like that. I don't even know what you. I mean, we did maybe two jokes was, about that. Yeah, exactly. Don't you think the Catholic Church went a little too far? <laughs> More so than my cartoon. All right, listen. A couple of jokes. I know this is a morning show. You can't bring up all those crimes. You know what? Technically, well, they, just, they just sort of kept moving them around. I said certified freak seven days a week. Wet ass pussy makes that block game weak. Yeah, you fucking with some wet ass pussy. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass pussy. Give me everything you got for this wet ass pussy. Beat it up, fella, catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Put this pussy right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top, I wanna ride. I do a Kegel while it's inside. Spit in my mouth, look in my eyes. This pussy is wet, come take a dive. Tie me up like I'm surprised. Let's role play, I'll wear a disguise. I want you to park that Chrysler. It's as big as a whale. Right in this little garage, make it cream, make me scream, out in public, make a scene. I don't cook, I don't clean, but let me tell you how I got this ring. Hey! Now you fucking with some wet ass pussy. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass pussy. Give me everything you got for this wet ass pussy. Gobble me, swallow me, drip down the side of me. Quick jump out for you, let it get inside of me. I tell him where to put it, never tell him where I'm about to be. I'll run down on him for I have a fellow running me. Talk your shit, bite your lip. Ask for a car while you ride that dick. Really ain't never got a fucking for a thing. He already made his mind up before he came. Now get your boots and your coat for this wet ass pussy. He bought a phone just for pictures of this wet ass pussy. Pay my tuition just to kiss me on my wet ass pussy. Now make it rain if you wanna see some wet ass pussy. Yeah! Yeah, you fucking with some wet ass pussy. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass pussy. Give me everything you got for this wet ass pussy. Now from the top, make it drop. That's some wet ass pussy. Now get a bucket and a mop. That's some wet ass pussy. I'm talking wop, wop, wop. That's some wet ass pussy. Macaroni in a pot. That's some wet
when you go to bed with that person, you're not just going to bed with that person. You're going to bed with every other person that person has ever gone to bed with before in their life. So just picture it's as if you're all crawling into one bed together. What if I want to have sex before I get married? Well, I guess you just have to be prepared to die. Is anyone else dominant but in like a submissive way? Like you're going to shut the fuck up and go play video games while I make you a sandwich. There's one more to go. Hey, you're just mad because I'll be able to do something with my fucking guitar in hands that you'll never be able to achieve in your entire life, kid. So yeah, you're gay. You know, the way the chap in Nickelback says, um, I like you with your pants around your feet and, um, um, you know, um, here's my glands penis. Marvellous um, yeah. imagery. Mm. You know, uh, as I've said on many occasions, uh, you know, he has a little known uh, disease with his uh, colon. Mm. Um, and you can tell that when he plays the guitar. Mm. It's a little like my dog. I took my dog to the park um, the other day and... Uh, and uh, she was unable to force out the final stool, and it, it reminded me. You see, he even makes melody when he walks. <laughs> what do you know about that? <laughs> For the first time I played a tape Sitting in my basement Ears to the speakers Like somebody could erase it If I didn't hear every word I had to face it I love music I had to embrace it If that's something you relate with Move Life is too short not to groove Ooh, uh Fear the bass In the pit of your soul Stand up Hands up, man Get with the flow It's all love Since the first time I heard Illmatic I've been at this rap shit Like an addict Practice Doesn't make perfect It's better than that It makes for a good time And it's the medicine that Heals my heart and it frees my mind What I write on a song I can leave behind Hip hop is love and it's peace of mind We're all hustlers, this shit relieves the grind And if you need them, I got crazy Nobody's really eager to hear how I feel on the record But through music I use the connection to you And if you feel it then you can respect it It's that next shit, the rhythm and time To what I spit in a rhyme Take a minute to find the slickiest rhyme To bang in this bass To make sure you can feel the track like a slap to the face So while your feet tapping in place You need to get up Screaming at the top of your lungs Put your head up Don't even tell me you can't dance I can't rap And three albums later I'm saying you can't chance Not to do what you want and do what you need if you love music, then move to the beat Whether you nod your head or you groove with your feet Just let it go and let the music choose your technique And if you need them, I got crazy I love me 
liking it, I love hearing it, I love speaking it This is hip-hop, I love being it I hope Sun Tzu can move through the speakers and touch one person If one person's fitting it, it'd be legit if I had a fan Whether or not I stay living in bars like the Taliban Without a plan, but who needs a mission? Shit, I got a home if I got the rhythm Some of you feeling the same You don't need to make music if you love it, you hear your name Everybody that got ears in the brain Understands that the right rhythm change how you feel it the same, man Music is peace, it's love, it's life From a garage band jam to the clubs at night You know what it's like So just close your eyes, open your ears up And let it flow inside, peace This is what happens when you get to 40 and you used to it No one else is going to tell you The media is lying to you Every single person you see on your television Is basically a model Magazines are designed to make you feel ugly So you buy more stuff This is what 44 is supposed to look like If you feel pleasant in your body, we call this health. If you feel very pleasant, we call this pleasure. If you feel pleasant in your mind, we call this peace. If you feel very pleasant, we call this joy. If you feel pleasant in your emotion, we call this love. If you feel very pleasant, we call it compassion. If you feel very pleasant in your very life energies, then we call this blissfulness. If you become very, very pleasant, then we call it ecstasy. If your surroundings become pleasant, we call it success. So to create pleasantness in the surroundings, we need the cooperation of people and forces around us. Without everybody's cooperation, you can't create a pleasant atmosphere. But pleasantness of the body, pleasantness of the mind, pleasantness of emotion and energy, 100% your business, isn't it? So if you're feeling ecstatic, you're in heaven. Because your idea of heaven is a very pleasant place, isn't it? This planet Earth is very pleasant except for the human beings who are creating unpleasantness among each other. Where's Ride the Lightning? Where's Ride the Lightning? Why is it on the list? No, it's not voted for. Why? Because these people have said... Who didn't vote for Ride the Lightning? Tell me right now. All those people out there. I want you to go out there and ask them fucking why. One day I want to fucking play it. Fucking ride the lightning. Fucking unforgiven too. Fucking saying anger. Fucking death. We now return to Behind the Schemes. Starring Booberry, Berry, 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 Berry. And lavish, 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 lavish. Yeah, I was kind of wondering myself, where is Ride the Lightning? Where's Ride the Lightning? Where is Ride the Lightning? I no want, shit. I where's you, Ride the Lightning? I want you to go out there and ask them why. Why is there no Ride the Lightning? <laughs>
Why? Oh, man. Yeah, it was a fun one. Had a lot of good stuff laying around. Yeah, that was a uh, thick, thick intermission. <laughs> thick. It was very groovy, very funky. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's uh, It's been a minute since I'd made one, I think. Uh, well, you can check out all of the bits and pieces of Booberry's intermission at zososcorner.com, episode 128. You can see you linked every one. Every single one of those things in there is linked. Even this, if it was only like four seconds long. This is true. Linked in there. Very, very true. That's just the way we like it here. Links, interlinking, chains, wait, whatever the, uh, you know, the Blade Runner thing. The Blade Runner thing? You saw the new Blade Runner, right? I did not. Oh, you haven't seen it? Oh, we're, psh, I'm putting it on the list. <gasps> oh, uh, and I do have a favor to ask. Uh, yes. If someone is listening and wants to pop over to the BTS stream, then let me know if uh, if that's working now. I've been poking at it here for the last little bit, trying to make it work. And it looks like it finally connected, you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> Try getting a fucking reservation at Dorcia now, you stupid bastard. Yeah. It's a tits. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway. We the Living. Added to the list. Bully Steve. Dame Bully Steve. Shall add it. We uh, the Living. We the Living. Right on. Uh, this is the part of the show where we like to take time to thank all the people that helped produce this episode. And uh, we had quite a few people come through that uh, we would like to thank. Uh, yes, we do. And kicking it off is Tunta. And he's here with his $3.33 monthly donation to, uh, from PayPal. Yeah. Thank you, Junta. Talked to him this morning. He gave me some encouraging words this morning when I woke up to my uh, bathroom flooded. So thank you, Junta. And thank you for the monthly contribution. Oh, that's right. Did you get that rectified? I did. I got it fixed immediately because I'm leaving town tomorrow and I won't be back for a week. So I couldn't let something like that sit around. No doubt. Uh, so yeah, the plumber came out. He was a cool dude. Fixed everything. Uh, I had a lot of cleaning up to do, but hopefully I'm good for another little while. My main, my main was blocked up for some reason. And my house is old. Mm. But, you know, that can be fixed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Thank you, Junta. Junta Junta offered some nice words as well as Sharky. Yeah, it's, uh, that's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, especially when, yeah, it's, it's a tiny bathroom and everything else is hardwood. So you got to get that fixed right away or else you're going to have some real problems. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, you know who doesn't have a real problem? Who does not have a real problem? Uh, Kitty Tarleton doesn't have a problem with PayPal because she donated $35 in cold hard cash uh, when Ayo. I was home. Hey-oh. Kitty Tarleton. Yeah. yeah she gave me a, a handmade card with some dollar bills in there. Whoa, a handmade card? Yeah. Both uh, her and Mama Berry are super into uh, designing and making their own cards from cardstock and stamps and rubber stamps and embossing glue and all sorts of crazy stuff oh my is uh are there any photographs of this because i don't see any in the show notes of the card no but i can i can find one it is only if you want to but 
I was just wondering if it was in there. Nice. Well, thank you, Kitty Tarleton. That's awfully kind of you. Uh, and then, who else do we have in here? Uh, Mama oh. Barry and Spaz came in with your killer tarot deck. Yeah. Um, this deck is interesting. It actually features uh, eight additional cards outside of your normal 78 count. Really? Yeah, there's a, uh, there's a female version of the page and knight for each suit. Okay. In the uh, in the the David Bowie book, it, and in this that card set, it, they're described as princes. So this could be a princess, if you will. Yeah, uh, and I, f- I forget what the female version of the squire was, or page, <laughs> pageet, pageet, dame, something. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, most of these cards they got like a silver or a gold foil back. Very, uh, very eye-catching. They're very beautiful, and they're very, um, they're very like appropriate to the time, to the style of certain. Uh, I don't know. Not even. I guess the medieval times. They just have a very authentically medieval look to them. Yeah, they're dated fourteen forty-two, somewhere in that area. Fourteen forty-two. Yeah. These were made at like the uh, the end of the Second Holy Roman Empire, you know, real medieval. They're very lovely. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, to work with them. Yeah, it'll be uh, fun. Aside from these lovely cards, I I had also involved in the uh, in the Freaks of Hazards corner. There was an image. Uh, wh- what do you call it? It's the text. It's a text image that someone put through the chat. It was uh, Turbo, I think, that did it. Oh, assy art? The assy art. Exactly. The assy art. And said, yeah, we've been spooked by spook.social. He, had, he made a skeleton for us. And then uh, private browsing, just by coincidence, happened to sneak in a little comment, a perfect little one-liner. And I thought that the image was very nice. So that, that can also be seen at socialscorner.substack.com. Take a look at this. Oh, yeah, you guys are some neato internet strangers. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Clever work. I thought it was good. It was good stuff. Clever girl. Yeah, that's the only only sort of action you you can ever attempt to witness in IRC. Indeed. Oh, that might have been Pitar, now that I think about it. Because Turbo said uh, that it wasn't him that made it. I I believe that was Pitar. Oh, then it was uh, Pitar. Sorry about that. I thought it was you, Turbo, for some reason. Hmm. Pitar? Either way. Uh, yeah, I thought that even though, uh, you know, we get the one line in there, I thought it worked well. Yeah. I think I would frame that. <laughs> I think so, too. I would as well. We could uh, maybe even trim that up and add it to the, uh, to the Mastodon splash page. Ah, uh, we can do that. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Things to consider. Ever and always. Uh, um, but yeah. As far as the freaks go, I think that's everybody, right? Yeah. Uh, if you want to help produce that, uh, produce this show, it can come in any form or fashion, uh, whether it be financial contributions, tarot cards, t-shirts, uh, artwork, clips, ISOs, music. All of it. Oh, actually, Servo. Conversations. Uh, yeah, Servo pointed this one out. Why are you pushing a Jewish agenda? 
And then Make Heroism <laughs> had uh, this one that he emailed in. But if you want to find something that's lavish and affordable, you should check out today's sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's true. I, 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 they said that about me in school. I was lavish and affordable. Oh, my. Oh, my. It's uh, quite a steal. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so I really want to give Pitar credit where credit's due. And speak of the devil, there he is. Oh, oh my God, he at, is. Looking at the chat, it just it dumped. You just dumped. It came all at once. So we, we took your proceeds because we, you slaughtered all of our goats. And we took the sets that you gave us from slaughtering the goats, and we went and we we increased the ranch size by 333%. <laughs> so we have three times as many goats now. It's it's quite marvelous. I think it really it really expands the territory. I think I think the increase in open air is going to help them grow nice and rotund. That's right. We're going to get some real mass on these goats. Yeah, people love the goats. Now, those goddamn goats. Mm -hmm. I want to come up there again and punch one of them out. Oh, dude, he love it. Let me just get the, oh, uh, I spoke too soon. I was wiping the blood out of my eye. <laughs> Come punch a goat. And they got one. one I mean, maybe there'll be more. Who knows? But the most important thing is that we have more goats, and we're going to slaughter them for you. Yeah. Um, we are in the process of investigating uh, some equipment to help, um, I guess, move uh, expired goats out. Lavish and I were discussing it a little earlier. Um, so, yeah, we're shopping around. Uh, we're probably going to get get some sort of heavy lifting device. Yeah, uh, you know, because we're we're talking about buying in bulk, and you need some machinery to be able to lift the. Yeah, the you, don't, you don't. You don't want to be trying to lift these goats up by yourself. There's blood everywhere. It's sticky. It's slippery. Yeah, I mean, it's just dead weight. Yeah, and purely. I mean, the fur—it's soaking up all of the blood. Yeah, it picks up dirt and, and rocks and all kinds of shit when they hit the ground. And you have to take that shit, too, and that adds up. Because we're talking about dozens and dozens of goats here. Hundreds, really. Mm. Let's, uh, let, let's see who's responsible for this slaughter. Uh, the last one was from Booper of Noses. Looks like <laughs> Booper of Noses booped a goat right in the face with a knife for 6666. Through Fountain. And then by my count, uh oh, 6666 from Pizza are saying that one was for Mr. Pfeiffer. That was the last one that just came through. Yeah. That one was for Reverend Dr. Pfeiffer. Yeah, the good Reverend Dr. Pfeiffer. Yeah. Over Reverend Dr. Love. He's doing the two hour folk hour preceding yeah. the rock and roll no agenda uh, the uh, no agenda of rock and roll pre show every every Sunday morning. Yeah, bright and early at seven o'clock Pacific, nine o'clock Central. They're doing the the folk hour. And get excited because I got another horror folk punk band for you. It'll be good. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. My interest has been peaked, <laughs> as it should. <laughs> and then let's uh, count these other ones up from Pitar. We had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 
10, 11, 12, 13. Wow. What do you 13 think? 13 goats. What do you think he meant by the 13? Uh, can you read the, the secret code? Can you, do you know the sacred forgotten knowledge? Do you know the significance of 13? The Baker's dozen. Uh, Not asking you, but asking the rhetorical to, to all of our listeners, I'm asking. I know 13 is kind of a spooky number. It is the, the abnormal, the godly number, the one that supersedes 12, the one that, that expands beyond your typical sphere, beyond your typical cycle, beyond the common clay. If you can proceed beyond that, if you can get out of that. Anyway, uh, yeah, 13. Thank you very much, Pitar. Very, very kind of you. You know, Pitar got 13 last week as well. Oh, that's right. And we... At the time, Booberry was out of town, and I was uh, I, I was out of goats. You know, we killed all the goats. We were getting the replacements in. Like I said, we expanded. So I would like to take the time now, if Booberry is uh, is willing to accept that, that we're going to slaughter thirteen goats for last week's make goods. Uh well, you heard the man. Uh, let's see. Let me make sure I got my knife. Give me that blade you just slaughtered the goat with. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll double team it here. There we go. Three. Six. Uh-huh. Set eight. So, so uh, ready to get in line here. Yeah. These are good goats. And I think this next one is 13. We'll call it 13. Ah, the special one. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Wow. Well, uh, that's for Pitar. Pitar, of course, known as the boogeyman to goats. <laughs> uh, they fear him. Uh, they tell their children tales of him to scare them into doing their chores. Pitar is the is the known among the goats. Yeah, the older goats will wear a, a mask of Pitar's face and... <laughs> Hide underneath the little goat children's beds and then pop out from underneath and scare them in the middle of the night to teach them a lesson of how <laughs> you never know when you need to be ready for some shit. <laughs> and that's why you always wear a seatbelt. Always wear a seatbelt. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had a. They have little, little fairy tale rhymes. Pitar, Pitar. Uh, yeah, sorry. Please continue. We uh, we actually someone we had a new face sneak a goat in during intermission. This was a pyrancy, p i r a n e s i, pyranesi, pyranesi, pyranesi. Sure. Uh, sixty six, sixty six through fountain saying sixty four cubes makes the square. Ooh, just like the uh, the N sixty four logo. Mm-hmm. Or the, the the emblem. Ooh, I like it. And then uh, right at the very top of the show, 3333 from Bully Steed saying uh, teast. 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 Well, thank you, Dame B. Uh, Dame Bully Steed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's nice. We got we got two, uh, two uh, ladies that come out and listen to us live every week. <laughs> Nom. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, That's true. 
True story. Kind of cool. It's not all dudes here. (laughs) (laughs) It adds a layer of legitimacy to the place, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We had 100 sets from Aldian saying, uh, still catching up, Illusion Mysteries say that if you die before you die, you won't die when you die. Agape at Irene. Cheers. Agape. Agape at Irene. Agape. Agape Irene. Agape. Agape Irene. Oh, give us a call. 612-263-SEXY. <laughs> give us a call. Um, And then I'm not sure. This is from the live tag. I think you probably got all these because it was C Brooklyn 112 and Pitar doing a double whammy. And it looks like it was uh, all goats. All goats coming in from last week's show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the make good we just did there. So those are covered. Nice. Yeah, I think that should do it for boosts. And for anyone who has been missed, I don't know, maybe we'll we'll slaughter one more goat just for anything that we may or may not have missed. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. And and of course for everyone out there, have a have a job blessed moan days. And yeah. may the goat's blood uh purify you. <laughs> In a pool of blood. I want to pee on one of them. <laughs> don't we all yeah tell me about it <laughs> tell me about it Woo! Made six big let's go my nipples are rock hard right now Ooh. uh i suppose we can get a scream mail in here real quick let's do it show enough show enough well, let's do it what 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 it's a monday here too wow yeah <laughs> And I bet lavish and blueberry mothman of the not chafe nipples is uh, back in the seat. So you know. Anyway, I yeah, I, I don't know. I got I left a bunch of random uh, voicemail last time, but anyway, uh, yeah, scream, scream, scream. Well, uh, due to the story, uh, or maybe given the answer of uh, pepper plants for hot stories question, remind me of cut enough jalapenos or something like that and then i had uh, i had my contacts in one time after running or whatever and i'm just sitting there and my eyes are just tearing up and i was like ah! i mean i didn't really scream to tell you the truth so you know a bit of exaggeration but uh you know hey when you when you got the juices and the jalapeno and it's like behind the contact and stuff it's just no bueno it's no bueno man so you gotta watch out about that so, yeah, what's up with the jalapenos? Right. I love you guys. Stay dangerous. And whether or not you're rubbing jalapenos in your eye, or you're just eating jalapenos, or you're looking at jalapenos, you can always yell, Kaka! Kaka! I don't know a lot about peppers, but I do know that you shouldn't mix peppers, fingers, and eyes. No. It's the last thing you should do. You really hurt yourself doing that. Yeah. Don't don't be that dangerous, caller. No, no, no. Don't stay that dangerous. <laughs> oh man, peppers in your eyes, that's the that's the most classic biological weapon there is. Yeah. That's they 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 won battlefields with that stuff, man. <laughs> Unfortunately. Don't want to die to that. You don't want to die of peppers, man. Not fun. No. Not no, a good time. Not at all. Uh, it's up there. Top 10 ways, top 10 worst ways to die. I had some jalapenos today, though. I must admit, uh, they were very hot. 
I love hot food. So I have what they what they say, what they call a problem. <laughs> hey man, it's not a problem if you can admit it. <laughs> now it's a solution. <laughs> no, it's just a habit, man. It's just something I'm tackling with. Hey, you know, just you know, let me be me, man. I try. I try. That spicy stuff, man. You should you should try some of it. There's nothing more thrilling. It actually gives you a high if you were to like roast a habanero pepper and then just eat the whole thing, seeds and all. Mm. Oh boy. <laughs> but you gotta chew it up a little bit first. You gotta you can't just swallow it whole because that, that'll really screw your stomach. You gotta chew it up. Make sure it's nice and mushy and make sure it's broken down. Saliva gets in there, the enzymes do their work. And okay. then you just ride it out. Okay, but only if we do that Stevo and the uh, wasabi sauce trick. <laughs> Stevo is the coolest of that. He had the best shot where he would do a line of salt and put lime in his eye mm-hmm. and then do the shot of tequila. Oh, he's the best. Okay, you got it. You're on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> um, Vamanos. All right. Uh, we still got plenty of time for you to call 612-263-7999. Call us up. Leave a scream mail. And, yes. Uh, we want to hear from you. If, if I didn't say earlier, you can always go over to BehindTheSchemes.com, S-C-H-3-M-3-S, uh, or BadRadio.Live. And uh, it's a real easy way to reach out to us. You can email us. You can reach out on Spook.Social in the chat room. There's mm-hmm. a lot of ways that you can touch us. Yeah, I just thought of this. If you want to get introduced to Mastodon, say you want to get involved with Mastodon, but you don't quite know how. Maybe you're new to the scene. Go to spook.social and make an account and chat with us. And if you have any questions, we're more than happy to help you out. And uh, we're just we're just normal people hanging out. So if you want to go there and do that, you'll, you'll get a response. Um, spook.social. You want an alternative to Twitter, although Twitter has never been better. But I, I'd say do both because you got to enjoy. It's like a charcuterie board of the internet. You have to enjoy a little this, a little that. But uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, I did have this one in preparation. I find social media to be a soul-sucking void of meaningless affirmation. Well, who am I to say it isn't? <laughs> who are we to say it is not? I do like the uh, Mastodon. It's fun. It's a good time. But I have to say, Twitter is just. Ugh. It's still, not gonna last, but it's so good, right? I, I can't, I can't, I still can't get into it, man. I've, I felt that way my whole life. I've hated Twitter my whole life until this week. It's just funny for a little bit. And even when I do go on there, zero interaction from the stuff that uh, I'm reaching out to people on or about. Yeah, uh, well, that's if if that's what you're looking for, then yeah. I, I, I don't want to like contact anybody. I just want to look. At stuff. I just want to observe. You just want to, you just like to watch. I like to watch and I like to drop little comments here and there, but I'm just a a pleasant observer. Oh my. Anyway, uh I participate in my own way. Uh I believe that you have some very interesting material that you brought tonight. I do. Uh and the first one was sent in by Make Heroism earlier today. And believe, yes, indeed. Thank you, Make Heroism. I believe we even got a call about it a little earlier. Uh, but yes, yes it's it, been referenced. 
It is. The the rumors are true. Merriam-Webster has announced its top word for 2022. And that word is none other than gaslighting. Gaslighting. (laughs) Gaslighting. I agree with Caller. Caller has said that it should have been the word of 2019. Uh, or maybe maybe it was included in his post. I, I can't remember, but uh, yeah, it feels like... Or 2020. The, yeah, 2020. That would be a good one. Actually, Gaslighting should have taken the top slot for 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022. Reigning champ. Top of the billboards. How about starting with the Kennedy assassination? Oh, yeah. You want to take it all the way back. We could we could have a have a stretch there, but I, I agree that twenty twenty on very much so gaslighting. It's a word that you've heard a lot around. It uh, searches increased at merriamwebster dot com uh, one thousand seven hundred and forty percent in the year twenty twenty two, and from the Merriam Webster's uh, release on this quote. There is this implication of an international deception, one of the writers said. And once uh, one is aware of that deception, it's not just a straightforward lie, as in, you know, I didn't eat the cookies in the cookie jar. It's something that has a little bit more devious quality to it. It has possibly an idea of strategy or a long-term plan, Mm. which sounds a little conspiratorial. I. Just it does. That's my fair assessment to insinuate that someone in this uh, that has some league of power that they're lording over you is enacting this long term plan. I mean, that's yeah. kind of conspiracy mo one on one. I agree. I totally agree. Ugh. Um. Continuing on gaslighting. Uh, spent all of 2022 in the top 50 words looked up. And uh, <laughs> last year's pick was vaccine. Okay, of course. Because everybody was curious about what they would do to the definition of vaccine. Mm-hmm. Because what basically what everybody is calling a vaccine now, the COVID-19 vaccine, isn't a vaccine, isn't the same thing as what the smallpox or the yellow uh, fever or the you know, the polio vaccine. I don't know if yellow fever, sorry about yellow fever. I, I really don't know if yellow fever actually had a, had a vaccine, but polio, all that, that, that's a different kind of thing. So they, they checked on that. They wanted to make sure vaccine, but gaslighting, that's very telling. Here's uh here's some of the other top 10 words. <laughs> and they had to explain what the, I guess the context of, of the word is. Uh, so going through the list, uh, at the top, oligarch, what do you think this is in relation to? (laughs) We just talked about oligarchs. Oligarch driven by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Omicron, the persistent COVID-19 variant, and the 15th letter of the Greek alphabet. Uh, Omicron, Greek alphabet. Yeah, yeah. Oligarch, Omicron. Codify. Uh, Codify. Yeah, as in turning abortion rights into federal law. You hear that uh, on television all the time. If you watch the news, the the, the word codified does sneak through. Uh, Queen consort. What King Charles' wife, Camilla, is newly known as. Ooh, 
Oh, lewd. <laughs> uh, raid, as in the search of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. And them raiding the homes of people in the name of uh, free speech. Uh, or I democracy. Think, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Sorry, not free speech. In the name of democracy and national uh, security. Um, we got sentient uh, with lookups. Sentient. Sentient, excuse me. Uh, with lookups brought on by Google canning the engineer who claimed an unreleased AI system had become sentient. Okay, so they're talking about an AI that has become basically a human being or more, probably more, a sentient being. Uh, we got cancel culture, enough said. Right. Uh, LGBTQIA for lesbian, <laughs> gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, or questioning. Um, hold the fuck on. I do not think questioning. Hmm. I will, I will inquire further about this, but I, I'm going to call bullshit on that Q being for questioning. I like it. I'm going to play devil's advocate when we get to that, but let the folks know at home what the whole thing means. Uh, sorry, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered, queer, or questioning, intersex, and asexual, aromantic, or agender. Why don't you call it LGBTQQIAAA? Yeah, because each, some of these letters represent two or three things. I didn't realize that queer questioning was like, uh, in the, in the lexicon. I, I, queer, yes, questioning, I don't think so. I don't think that's... Hmm. Yeah. Rectangle I, rhombus. I'm going to go a, out I'm going to go out on the limb and I'm going to do the no-no thing, but I'm going to say I think that's fake and made up. I would say though of all things just being the advocate, I'll, I'll say that queer is like the uh the 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 light version. Not light version. I don't want to say the light version, but they're the it's the gateway drug. First, you're queer before you're th- any of these other things. You're like, I'm not straight, so I'm queer. And then while you're queer, you figure out exactly what kind of queer you are. And then you proceed from there. Mm, sounds fake in space. Well, <laughs> allegedly in Minecraft. <laughs> Actually, not in Minecraft, in real life. Yeah, I nice. just... Yeah. Uh, this last one we got. Uh, <laughs> I like that. A, sorry, well, just one last thing: the asexual, aromantic, or agender. The AAAs. They really caught on. They, that that in that instance, they had a. They had the prefix that actually fit the situation. So I'll give them that. Uh, this last one is Lomi. Uh, I've L- never heard this word. I don't know what this word is either. L A. Excuse me. L O A M Y. Uh, which many Wordle users tried back in August, uh, though the right word that day was clown. I bet it was. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> oh, perfect. Uh, consisting of or having the character of loam. Oh, which is a rich soil consisting of a mixture of sand and clay and decaying organic materials, otherwise known as uh, compost or uh, mulch. Mm. Okay. Loam. Loamy. Loamy? That's a dirty word, dude. <laughs> Loamy. <laughs> yeah. I like that one. That's the best one of all of them, because all of these you've heard, these are all 
typical overused words, you know, the glyph, it gets, it gets rooted in your, in the cultural consciousness and it, it has a weight to it. These words, oligarch and gaslight and raid, these words all have weight to them. Lomi is brand new. Speaking of which, glyph is a fantastic word. It's one of my favorite words. Such a good word. It's it's kind of meta that it's one of my favorite words because it's one of my favorite glyphs. Glyphs, glyph, the word glyph in and of itself is a glyph. And that's beautiful. Uh, anyway. Well, let's see here. Uh, do you have any last thoughts about gaslighting? Uh, I guess we never necessarily defined it, but... Well, gaslight. how would you define gaslighting? Uh, gaslighting is committing an action against someone and then telling them contrary to the other or contrary to the fact that uh, uh, claiming that you weren't doing it. So it's doing something to somebody and then telling them I'm not doing that. Would you say that it's the basic act or is it the basic act along with the intention of trying to manipulate that person that would encapsulate the entire word of gaslighting? Uh, I think it's, yeah, I think it's all about manipulation. Yeah. That's, I think the intention, for me, the intention of the word has it. So, yeah, you you tell someone one thing that is contrary to the reality. In this instance, it's that the light is flickering. So, you got a light flickering, this gaslight that's flickering. And the, and the girl says, that light's flickering. And the guy who knows it's flickering says, no, it isn't. And in, in an attempt to make that girl feel crazy. And in an attempt to manipulate her and to to tear her psyche down to, to cause weakness. And uh, that is the year, the word of the year. <laughs> and straight from Merriam Webster, psychological manipulation of a person, usually over an extended period of time that causes the victim to question the validity of their own thoughts, perception of reality or memories, and typically leads to confusion, loss of confidence and self-esteem, uncertain uncertainty of one's emotional or mental stability and a dependency on the perpetrator. Yeah, Stockholm Syndrome. A mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. yeah. S- six feet of social distancing. Three feet of social distancing. Sixty feet of social distancing. Or institutional institutionalization. Um, if you've ever been in a, a mental wellness program, if you have to go to group therapy sessions, if you have to adhere to some sort of rubric as far as mental health is concerned and you spend a lot of times or spend a lot of times in, in these hospitals and in these rooms and you have a lot of psychologists and doctors who i'm sorry psychiatrists and doctors who tell you that yeah you have a problem you you, you know you have a mental illness or whatever you start really feeling like a patient like a crazy person if you hang out in those kinds of situations and it's the same thing with like the book uh one flew over the cuckoo's nest where a guy feigns insanity so that he can avoid a prison sentence. He gets sent to a mental ward, and um, they treat him like a crazy person, even though he obviously isn't. He's just a normal guy. But because of the institution, uh, this normal person is is beaten and broken and made to believe that they are unwell. And uh, the mental illness comes from the institution itself. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And that, I think, is... Bigger intention associated with gaslighting that makes it all of the rage is we live in a place, no matter what side you're on, you feel like you're taking fucking crazy pills because 
all this shit is happening around me that's obviously terrible and nobody talks about it. They talk about fake bullshit. I've always wanted to do that show, the live action version of it. Which one? One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, the show. Oh, yeah, for sure. As a, as a theater production, yeah. Ooh, that could be a fun show for a little, hmm, little pirate performance of it. Hmm. We, you know, little readings from it or something. Yeah, giving me ideas. <laughs> Even from the book itself, from the Casey novel. That'd be fun. Well, the other thing that I got prepared for tonight, it's actually kind of on the light side. Uh, I don't have anything super heavy or hard-hitting uh, planned for you for this evening. Uh, it's actually kind of fun and bizarre how small the world can be. Uh, <laughs> and how so many so many badass people are connected by you know less than six degrees of separation Uh, it's Mm -hmm. really it's really something else yep um now i was unfamiliar with this wrestler before i had heard this story uh this is all going to involve the story of vampiro who was wrestling with the wcw back in the late 90s Uh, this is like circa 1999 98 and uh, this guy was known for having uh, a, a bit of a music, musical ties uh, to his stage or his wrestler persona. Um, he was a musician? He had played in a couple of bands, but it was more so that he was recruiting bands to show up to matches with him. Oh. Whether it be like uh, MCs or, as we'll come to find out, in some of these clips, uh, he actually had some of the band members on stage wrestling with him. Let's, uh, so this first clip is going to get pre game. Yeah. Well, this new player, I don't, I don't have a way to cue stuff up. Oh, that's okay. I'm just, I'm just joking. Um, but this, uh, first clip, will talk about the, the first group of artists that he was working with, and then what led to the second group of artists that he worked with. Uh, this is Vampiro working with the Misfits and the WCW. You know ICP, right? Violent J, Shaggy, Two Dope, fucking Magnets, how do they work? You know the dudes I'm talking about, and they've got quite the storied history in pro wrestling. They even have their own promotion, JCW, Juggalo Championship Wrestling, and they ended up in WCW in the late. 90s. They aligned with Vampiro, who Creative didn't have a whole lot for at the time, so in came ICP and they formed a stable called the Deadpool. But the problem with being a full-time touring musician in pro wrestling is that eventually you need to be a full-time touring musician and go on tour. So ICP left the company in September 2019, 2019, 1999, leaving Vampiro allyless once again. Without insane clown posse on the scene, Vampiro thought it was no longer appropriate for him to be using their music for his entrance. So he started concocting some ideas, started coming up with a few plans here and there, and you can probably see where this is going. But one of those ideas was to have a live band play him to the ring. Now, Will Creative were a little bit, didn't know about that one, Ian, at the time. He said, hey guys, trust in me, this will come good. 
So the Misfits were the replacement for Insane Clown Posse. They were the band that Vampiro came up with. Now, they actually happened to be playing a gig literally across the road from the venue in which WCW Nitro was going down on the 1st of November 1999. And Vampiro, he just said, hey, I'm going to go across the street. I'm going to speak to these dudes. I'm going to ask them if they want to come in and do something on Nitro. And the band, well, they agreed. The Misfits were up for it, and we got the full complement of them on television. I'm talking about Doyle, I'm talking Jerry Only, the vocalist Michael Graves, and the drummer Dr. Chud. <laughs> All of them came down to the ring, escorting Vampiro for a match with Berlin. The unfortunate part of all of this is that they got We Want ICP chance, but let's forget about that for a second. <laughs> this is a Misfits video, not an ICP video. And on their first night on Nitro, the Misfits even got involved in the finish. Vampiro ended up defeating Berlin via pinfall when the Misfits, his new allies, held down his opponent's feet, preventing him from kicking out. Their performance was a little bit awkward, I think it's safe to say. They were making their pro wrestling debut with no plans after all, so it's quite understanding that that's how it went down. But, I mean, they looked pretty cool, right, in pro wrestling. It, it's the Misfits. And I do have some of the uh, matches linked in the show notes. You can go and check them out. Um, awesome. <laughs> out of the four, there was only one of the members that was uh, super down to clown when it came to getting tossed around in the in the ring. And that was Jerry. Top of the only. ring. Yeah, it's a uh, bassist Jerry only. Um, and if you've ever seen the Misfits, they're all kind of like... They're kind of cut guys. That's always been part of their shtick. Yeah, you know, yeah. A lot of they, a lot of they muscles. look like wrestlers. Yeah, supernatural undead wrestlers. Yep. Um, I think uh, the other three: Doyle, the guitar player; Michael Graves, the singer at the time; Doctor Chud, the drummer. They were less inclined than Jerry only uh, was. Uh, there's a really great video where I believe it was. Michael Graves gets picked up and thrown against uh, Doyle and Dr. Chud while they're in the corner. Um, <laughs> but uh, Dr. Chud did walk away with a, con uh, a concussion at one point. Oh, um, no. But that wasn't, uh, <laughs> that wasn't the worst of it. It turns out Jerry Only, the guy who was most down, was also the one that got the most beat up. Yeah, no the shit. This uh, next clip details a little bit of what happened to him. Jerry Only was the only Misfits member willing to wrestle. And I think this is quite understandable, really, when you're a group of professional musicians, when you're Michael Graves, Doyle, and Dr. Chud, you don't want to risk doing anything that might get you hurt. You don't want to be taking these bumps, these shots, even though they're from trained professionals, because there's always a chance you might get injured, always a chance that you might be prevented for a period of time from doing what puts your bread on the table in the first place. So all three Misfits members that weren't Jerry only they were like not keen for this physical stuff man you can you can stick to that yourself and since Jerry was the only member of the Misfits see what I did they're willing to get physical that left the rest of the band to partake in highbrow ringside stunts like the time they covered Oklahoma the Jim Ross parody in barbecue sauce good number five Steve Williams beat up Jerry only 
are real. If you know pro wrestling history, you know that Steve Williams, Dr. Death himself, was a fearsome guy indeed. He was a real-life hard man who'd forged this reputation in the hardest promotion of all time, All Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, by the time he came to WCW, it was 1999. He had already had the most disastrous phase of his career. It was dumb. WWE, of course, that's what I'm talking about. The brawl for all, the torn hamstring, that whole deal. It was a goddamn nightmare. But clearly, by the time he uh, got to WCW, old Dr. Death had a few frustrations to take out. And he decided he was going to take them out on Jerry Only. This went down in what was only Jerry Only's second pro wrestling match ever. It was against Steve Williams in a steel cage. And if that wasn't bad enough, old Dr. Death held nothing back. Living up to his reputation, using the poor Jerry Only for power slam practice, busting him wide open. He lost the match because he kind of launched Jerry across the ring and that was near the door and he escaped and all that stuff. But rest assured, there was only one person in this match who got beaten up and it was Jerry only. Damn. It's so weak. It's so fucking lame. Yeah, he he tried it for a couple of matches and I don't understand the barbecue stuff that's in uh, one of the videos that's linked. Um. But here's a here's a snippet of the uh, match between Doctor Death and Jerry. Only if uh, if you want me to stop at any point, let me know. Barbecue sauce <laughs> in his hands. This cage match against Jerry Only. The the way to win this fans. Here's the rules. You have to escape the cage. How you doing there, B team? Good. Bobby, how you doing? Oklahoma, how you doing, brother? I'm out here to call the Docs match, so just step aside, son. Dr. Death is whipping Jerry Only into that steel cage. Jerry Only's back off. Jerry Only, Dr. Death is tying him up. Jerry, Dr. Death is beating him like a redheaded stepchild. <laughs> reversal, double reversal. Dr. Death into the ropes. Leapfrog. Dr. Death catches yes. him. Power ah! slam. Power slam. Power slam. Why do you always say things three times? It's my gimmick, son. It's my gimmick. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jerry Only's into the corner. You know, I got to say something I'm sorry. about Jerry Only. We got out here. Jerry Only is alfalfa. We got Buckwheat and the rest of the little rascals out here. Jerry Only, he's a, he's, a, he's a young man that fell out of the ugly tree and hit every branch on the way down. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. He can't match Dr. Death. He can't get in there and match Dr. Death. He thinks he can, but he ah. can't. We got these two men locked in the cage. Locked in the cage. Hand-to-hand -hand combat. Nobody gets in. Nobody gets out. These misfit buddies of, of Jerry Only. This is for me. Do it for me, Doc. Make me proud. You're my boy. You're my boy. You've always... Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. The misfits and Vampiro chasing Oklahoma. Who's trying to... Who's trying to get in the cage. And they proceed to pour barbecue sauce all over Oklahoma, and uh, <laughs> oh. uh, it's so good, man. Um, and I That's just filthy. I love filthy, the story, dirty, because Vampiro, you know, they're playing the venue across the way. He just wanders next door. He's like, "Hey, do y'all want to do a collaboration?" Um, and he had he had actually went out on tour at one point with them. Uh, I have the list of dates. That you can check out. Like he opened for them? He was featured on a couple of songs. Um, oh, you're talking about after this event? 
Yeah, they they kind of uh, Vampiro would join the Misfits on stage, and then the Misfits came on to WCW the four times I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, they were gonna do all sorts of crazy shit. I think uh, at one point only Jerry only was quoted as saying they're going. Um, they were wanting to do horror and comic book conventions together, doing some co merchandising. And if everything went according to plan, uh, they would be hosting a B-movie program on a Turner station and playing parts <laughs> in the potential George Romero Resident Evil movie. Whoa. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That would have been fun. That's big time. Yeah, which it never... Uh, the, the George Romero Resident Evil never panned out, unfortunately. No. If it did, we'd be clipping it. Yeah, uh, but I did find out that <sighs> George Romero actually directed one of the music videos for uh, a single that came off of Famous Monsters, which was the album that came out right around the same time. Them being on WCW, it was kind of a tailwind from both directions. It was a it was a phase. Yeah, um, that's such a fucking awesome accolade to have. The music video uh, was Scream. Scream from Famous Monsters, directed by George Romero. Nice. Uh, let's see what else they got here. Uh, Doyle, the guitar player, uh, helped Vampiro retool his makeup, so Vampiro now rocked the corpse paint skeleton look, which uh, I guess made Sting upset at the time, because there can only be one... Uh, Spooky guy with face paint. Yeah, seems kind of racist, but okay. <laughs> um, but it turns out that the misfits. <laughs> Did he sue him? Uh, well, we'll we'll get to that here in a little bit. <laughs> okay, we'll get to uh, that in a little bit, no doubt. Um, this uh this next clip details some of the other issues that the misfits may have caused uh during their stint in the WCW. And this is an interview featuring Vampiro himself. What is the story about, uh, I think it was Gorgeous George and him. What was, did that actually happen? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I love it for a sight, you know. She was younger. Uh, I think her, I'm sure her and Randy were great. And if you're not familiar with uh, Gorgeous George, this would have been... um, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage's valet or manager at the time and girlfriend. But then all of a sudden she went to see the Misfits. Her and Doyle locked eyes. I wasn't there. I don't know. Uh, I feel extremely bad about it because Doyle's my friend. Randy Savage, rest in peace, was a very good friend. I'm friends with George. You know, she's cool. Uh, but they fell in love right on the spot. And, uh, you know, I was like, yeah, my run with the Misfits are over in WCW. I guess I better figure something else out. I assume Macho Man would have been mad about that. Uh, you assumed correct, my friend. <laughs> you assumed correct. What yeah. was your experience with Randy? He was always cool with me because, you know, Roddy Piper, his Roddy Piper's job in WCW, aside from being Roddy Piper, they asked him as a favor because we come from the same hometown you know, guide this fucking kid because he's, he, he, you know, and Haku spoke for me and a couple guys spoke for me. 
and, and Roddy was like going to take me under his wing because you know I was I spent my career in Mexico. Don't forget, so I had no idea about American psychology. So Roddy, because of that, and because of Macho, you know those guys and their history, time wise together. If Roddy gave me the, the the stamp of approval, you know, Mach accepted me, you know, and Macho understood because I came from that school in Montreal, so I knew all the old school guys, and I had that etiquette, you know. If, if a veteran came in the dressing room, I gave him my chair. If a veteran came in the dressing room, I would, I would ask, Does it, "Is it okay for me to change here? Would you like me to move?" You know, things like that. So I did that with Macho Man right off the bat, and um, he appreciated that. So. After a while, we started kind of joking around with each other. And once he saw that, that, that you know, I, I wasn't a fanboy, I wasn't, you know, trying to kiss ass to get on TV, I knew my role, you know, that, that made him feel a little bit more comfortable around me. So Macho was always cool. You know, he would say, man, come and sit with me or, you know, how you doing? He, he was very friendly to me, very friendly to me. And that was at the time when, you know, when the million-dollar babies were at each other's throats. So it was pretty cool. Hogan was cool with me. Piper was cool with me. Macho Man treated me very well. So, you know, I, I did okay there. Flair was good with me. I, I was cool. So they show up and they try to nab Macho Man, Randy Savage's girlfriend. And Doyle does. Uh, they were married all the way up until 2013. Uh, oh, when they wild. got a divorce. Yep. And that was, was that before or after he passed? Uh, this would have been before, because uh, it turns out that uh, Randy Savage was quite the jealous man, and he would uh. tail the misfits, and he ended up showing up uh, at a couple of, of gigs. Um, but it oh my god, the money I would pay to see Randy Savage threatening the misfits in person. Oh, it 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 gets so good. It gets so good. So. This is where we take a brief detour. Um, there was another gentleman by the name of MVP, uh, who was a wrestler, I believe, out of Miami. <clears throat> uh, My jammy. He, uh, at one point, to stay out of trouble, he moved to Texas, where, when he was in high school, he ended up running into a couple of uh, young metalheads, uh, one of them being Zach Blair. Uh, they they became friends uh I think this town is outside of Dallas by an hour or so. Um, anyways, MVP goes back to Miami. He uh, gets incarcerated for a botched robbery. Comes out nine years Oops. later. And then he gets into the wrestling circuit and uh, becomes a very successful uh, pro wrestler by the name of MP v uh, MVP. But this guy was a total punk and hardcore rocker his entire life growing up. Mm -hmm. And um, this uh, next series of clips details him running back into this uh, friend of his from high school, Zach Blair. Zach Blair is a guitar player who is currently in Rise Against, but he was mm -hmm. in another super hella famous band by the name of Guar. <laughs> Uh, Zach Blair is the guy that took over the Flattest Maximus character after Pete Lee, uh, who was another Texas-based guitar player for the band, uh, after damn. he had gotten shot. Uh, Pete, oh, damn. Yeah, Zach Blair ended up taking over for him um, after a couple of years of just the surgeries not working, not healing up right. Oh, uh, that's terrible. Uh, but 
And but this guy replaced him, and this character, Flatus Maximus, has, I guess, a, he's got a dragon head on each shoulder. Oh, it's mask. so good. It's so good. Gra- and then and then everything else is like bare. He's wearing like a, a leather thong, but he's got these massive dragon heads on his shoulders like like Poland's. I, I think great. they're Triceratops heads. Triceratops heads, yes. Yeah. At first glance, they look like dragons. Yeah. Because they've got the, the spikes and all that. The oh, flattest costume has always been so just killer. Nice. So good. Um, that's, a, that's a banger look. Well, this, uh, this clip sets up the reunion between MVP and Zach Blair. As I mentioned before, MVP had married his childhood sweetheart, who had to go to a work thing in Dallas, Texas. While in Dallas, Texas, MVP went out one night with a friend and went from bar to bar asking everyone he came in contact with if they had ever heard of a thrash metal band from Sherman, Texas, called Forbidden Cause. Because he was trying to find out what happened to those two kids. Well, he would spot a bar by the name of the G-Spot. He would go in. He'd ask the bartender if she had ever heard of this band, Forbidden Cause. She, of course, said no. And then he turns around and spots a skinny, bald guy walking to the bar with a T-shirt on that said, Badass. I remember seeing the shirt, and I, you know, said, I just got your attention. Say, hey, that's a cool shirt. Where'd you get that? And you said, oh, and then you told me the story about you're in a band, and uh, this guy gave it to you. And I saw, yeah, what band do you play in? You said, oh, you probably never heard of it. It's a band called Guar. And I'm like, oh. what? Guar. I said Guar. Hey. Oh, shit. You play for Guar? No kidding? And you said, oh, you heard of Guar? Are those balls on your chin? <laughs> of course, I don't look like the type of guy that you, you know, listen to more, right? And then uh, I asked him, hey, man, what's your name? And he says, Zach. Now, the Zach Blair that I knew in high school had, like, long, curly ringlets down past his shoulders. And, and, mm-hmm. I, and this guy is shaven bald. But I looked, I remember I looked at your face a little closer and I said, Zach? And you said, yeah. I said, you have a brother named Donnie? And then your eyes lit up when the light bulb yep. came on. You, and you go, dude, what happened to you, man? Yeah, these guys were probably 15, 16, 17 when they first met. Nice. And then when they reconnect, you know, MVP, he's been wrestling. Uh, Zach Blair at this time, he's playing. He's recently added to Guar. Um, and, <laughs> oh my goodness. Who do you think is touring with Guar around this time. Uh, which act? Uh, which band? I don't know. The most immediate one that comes to mind is like Red Hot Chili Peppers. Negatory. It's the Misfits. This the Misfits. is the, the, uh, this is the, the collision. This of is Guar, the reconnection. The Misfits, Macho Man, Randy Savage, and MVP. Now reconnected, oh the God. two promise to stay in touch with each other. And Zach oh tells him any time that Guar comes through Miami, just to hit him up and come out to the show and hang out. Well, Guar did come through Miami a few weeks later with a band called The Misfits. Zach puts MVP on the list with an all-access pass, and when the day finally comes for the show, MVP rolls in and walks straight to the green room, where he finds a very unusual scene. The green room is filled with security guards and a few cops. And on one side of the room, there are the misfits with gorgeous George Von Frankenstein. And on the other side of the room, 
is the macho man, Randy Savage. At this point, one of the cops notices MVP, and seeing how big he is, he's just gotten out of prison, he's prison ripped, he goes up to him and says, if stuff goes bad and we have to throw this guy out, will you help us do it? And MVP says, you want me to help a bunch of cops throw out the macho man Randy Savage? Hell no. And at the time, like, I hadn't started wrestling school yet, but I knew the macho man, and I went over to him, and I said, hey, macho, uh, is, is it cool if I take a picture? Can we take a picture together? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, brother. You know, we took a pic. At that point, I realized, like, all all the, the misfit guys were, like, you know, kind of fucking around, and George was over there with them. And I, I could, at this point, I kind of realized what was going on, but I didn't know, you know, the depth of it. And he even said, he goes, yeah, brother, you're the only one around here that's being nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing a good uh, macho impression. His is solid, no doubt. It's, uh, a, it's always a pleasure. Well, this next clip, it's uh, <laughs> it's MVP doing an impression of Savage going, where's Doyle? Where's Doyle? Looking for the guitar player. It turns out uh, that uh, gorgeous George von Frankenstein and Doyle were in a band together. Uh, Doyle's little solo side project. Uh, the name escapes me, but when I wow. read it, I was like, oh, yeah, I know them. Uh, but yeah, well, small world. We'll continue on. Let me bring you up to speed on what was going on. Now, as many people know, in the late 90s, the Misfits had a brief but very memorable run in WCW. While in WCW, Misfits guitarist Doyle would meet a woman by the name of Gorgeous George. Now, Gorgeous George was the macho man Randy Savage's valet. And a valet, for people that don't know, is, is kind of like a, a manager in professional wrestling. Gorgeous George also being the name of an incredibly important wrestler who influenced James Brown and Muhammad Ali and is a, is a cultural icon. Well, he actually sold his name and I believe the, the whole gimmick to the macho man Randy Savage, and he gave the name to his fiance. Well, this isn't really news to anybody, but the macho man was not a great person to be in a relationship with. And there are stories that he was very controlling and just all around not great to be engaged to. And George would wind up running off with Doyle in the Misfits. Well, this did not sit well with the macho man Randy Savage. And there are stories from lots of bands that went on tour with the Misfits at this time about macho man showing up after the show, fuming with rage, screaming, Where's Dooley? Where's Dooley? Well, the macho man finally caught up with them, and it was backstage at this Guar Misfits show in Miami. Oh, my apologies. It was the... Uh, an- the narrator of that video, not MVP. Uh, um, so yeah. Where's Dooley? Where's Dooley? Where is Dooley? I want to hear your, I want to hear your best macho impression. Oh man, you can't put me on the spot like that. I will. It's, it's, it's nice and late. We're, listen, I want to hear it. I want to hear your, I want to hear your macho. Where's Dooley? Where's Dooley? <laughs> That was a good one, man. Uh, but this, um, I think we get a little snapshot into the quality of character from Zach Blair 
who ends up being the one that comforts uh, Macho Man Randy Savage throughout all of this. Uh, it's kind of a sweet little uh, send-off for, for the Macho Man. Meanwhile, Zack Blair's on the Guar bus, unaware of what's going on, when he hears a knock at the door. And he's like, hey, man, can I use your bathroom, brother? And I was like, yeah, dude, you can do, you can do whatever you want. You know, are you hungry? You know, whatever. Take a nap. Um, and he used the bathroom, and he comes out, and he sat down, and he just put his head in his hands. And, he, and then I found myself as, like, at 25, consoling the macho man Randy Savage. It was my, my hand on his, on his shoulder... And like, dude, it's, you know, it's going to be fine. I didn't know shit about life. You know, I'm like, it's totally fine. It'll everything will get better. I, I mean, to this day, I can't, I can't believe it actually happened. And then he just kind of, he's kind of like, you know, starts shaking his head. He looked at me and said, oh, thank you, brother. Thank you, man. I'm going to go ahead and get back in there. And then he left and that was it. And that's how Zach Blair and professional wrestler MVP saved the misfits from being murdered by the macho man. Randy Savage. <laughs> Years later, MVP would actually reconnect with the Macho Man Randy Savage, and he would even bring up that fateful night. For whatever reason, he took an interest in me, and I, I used to trip the fuck out when my phone would ring, and I'd look, and it said Randy. I'd That's think, awesome. Fucking Macho Man That's is amazing. calling me, and it would always. And back then, I used to wrestle as Antonio Banks. And it was, hey, Antonio, what's going on, brother? Just called to catch up with you. <laughs> and, I'd, and I'd shoot the shit with Macho Man for the next 15, 20 minutes. And, you know, throughout my career, just randomly out of nowhere, man, he'd call me up and check on me when I got signed. He called me to, uh, to congratulate me. And the words of wisdom, two things that he drilled into me over and over in that conversation. And that was the last time that I spoke to him. Um, he said, don't trust anybody because everyone is out to take your spot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> everyone is out. And that was his thing. Like, he always was paranoid that someone was trying to take his spot. Mm -hmm. And two, save your money. Did you ever bring up this night? Did you yeah, ever tell him about like, the night that you saw him with Guar and the Misfits? Yeah, we talked about it once. And he popped huge. And he, like, he actually remembered. He didn't remember me per se, yeah. but he did remember that one night there was one kid that was nice. It was cool with him. He did remember. He goes, that was you? Well, yeah, that was, I remember. Yeah, what a night that was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, imagine being in Zach's shoes. Macho Man Randy Savage is on your tour bus, and you're just offering a shoulder. I mean, not even a shoulder, just like a, it's like, yeah, you know, just come on in. Sit down for yeah. a second. You're in the circle. Yeah. How crazy. Uh, what, what a time. Small and wild world. Uh, uh, it just amplifies the legend of both of them. Mm -hmm. Just makes them both even greater. The fact that they had this, this interaction. It's bizarre. Yeah. I, I love how intertwined the world of wrestling and, and punk and hardcore is. I imagine that these guys performed at like the same venues. The As far as... Like the spaces, like the big, like the, not the biggest Rolling Stones, biggest venues, but like the, the ones under it, like the convention centers and the, between and then, like a, a five to 15,000 capacity venue. Yeah, no doubt. And you have wrestling, the highest level of wrestling at the time, which is this, this is like a golden age of wrestling. And then 
you also have uh, a golden age of punk and you have the misfits and, and, you know, 5,000 people easy would show up to any misfits show, you know, at any point. Uh, Maybe, maybe not. Maybe that's a little excessive, but the point is, is that they would, they would utilize the same venues. I imagine that they just like were in town at the same time, maybe staying at the same hotels or something. You never know. Yeah. I really want to go see a backyard wrestling show now. <laughs> if you ever come here, we got to go to uh, the Oakland one that uh, Hunter talked about. I'm already uh, S- Slam Fest, Smash Fest, something like that. Oh, it's great. I don't remember the name off the top of my head. I'll have to go back it, and look for it. It's the best backyard wrestling that the Bay Area, Northern California has to offer. Period. It's it's great. What the fuck? Slam fest. Slam something. Slam Oakland wrestling. And when I mentioned it, he was like, oh, Hood Slam. It's called Hood Slam. I love it. Oh, you'd love it. Anyway. Now, this next clip, I think, is going to demonstrate on what sort of behavior you should shy away from when you're backstage in the changing rooms of these uh of these matches common etiquette yeah jerry only didn't have any of that uh this is a this is again of an interview with vampiro himself on his heat with jerry only of the misfits apparently you had heat with jerry only or something from the misfits do you still have heat with that person probably um yeah you know at that time, Jerry was a very, very much into being a rock star. And God bless him for it. I mean, he is. He is. I mean, if you're a fan of that stuff, I mean, I'm, I'm a big Sex Pistols fan. And, and Jerry only was there the night that Sid Vicious died. He was at that party. I mean, Jerry Only's like, in the world of punk rock, there's not a lot of people left with the status that Jerry only has. But in WCW, Jerry only. I mean, he just got on everybody's nerves, and and I was really, I was more tight with Doyle, his brother, guitar player, and then Michael Graves, the singer, and Dr. Chud, the drummer. We became a unit, and the whole idea originally was for us to play live with me playing with the Misfits, and then I would go to the to, to the ring. I said no one's ever really done that before, and uh, the Misfits are such an iconic urban legend. You know, they're having this resurgence, and it goes with the gimmick i said this would be fucking great and jerry only would call the office and say he wanted to be a wrestler he had no interest in doing that he wanted to be a wrestler so we tried that for a little bit and then uh, it got to the point you know where he didn't understand wrestling dressing room culture it's not rock and roll dressing room culture it's a whole other world and there's guys in there you know steve dr death williams and you know um mike rotunda and you know guys like that and Jerry would be telling Steve Williams certain things. Dr. Death, rest in peace, is not the guy to do that with. And, you know... That's the cage match snippet that we listened to earlier. Mm -hmm. It was with uh, Dr. Death. Guys would be going to the bathroom, and Jerry would come in and bear hug them from behind, and he's always hugging dudes, and it kind of got to the point where, like, Vamp, you got to talk to this fucking guy because... You know, someone's going to kill him. And I was like, I've tried to tell him, man. I've tried to tell this fucking guy. And he wouldn't stop. And he would, you know, he would start to call Dusty Rhodes. And he would call J.J. Dillon. And 
the office would call me and we're like, what the fuck is this guy calling us so much for us? I don't know. I, I don't know. And uh, they gave him a match with Steve Williams. And Steve beat him up pretty bad in the cage, you know. And then uh, some other stuff happened behind the scenes, you know, with um, Doyle and Macho Man's wife and other kind of shit. And I was like, you fucking guys are going to get me killed. Hey, what are you doing? So it kind of imploded. I've got no heat with anybody. It is rock and roll. That's the way things go. You know what I'm saying? That's just life. But I wasn't involved. But the beef with Jerry only is because when that fell through, it was Vampiro's fault that they got kicked off the the, uh, the Ozfest and all these other things fell through. And then the band kind of started stopped talking to each other. It's like I had nothing to do with that shit. You know what I mean? They had turmoil before they even got WCW. But still, it was pretty fucking cool to be on TV with the Misfits. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Always look for the positives. Yeah, always a silver lining. <laughs> At least I get to hang out with the misfits. Yeah, and like, yeah, I just coming up on wrestlers and bear hugging them in the dress ro- dressing rooms and shit like that. Uh, I I guess uh, some had quoted Jerry only as wanting to be the next Hulk Hogan. Uh, he was really dead set on becoming a super famous uh, pro wrestler. He'd Number even, one. He'd even bought a wrestling ring at one point. Uh, uh, he tried to do the businessman thing. Yeah, well, he is a businessman, no doubt. Uh, this yep, is this just is, like Hulk. And, uh, well, you know, that's a perfect segue, because I got some words from the man himself, Jerry Only, and uh, this, <laughs> this kind of deals with some of the business angles that he was trying to work. Um, you remember the little snippet we had talked about earlier about unionization? Yes. Jerry only said the thing. You know, uh, got Bam Bam Bigelow, okay? God rest his soul. You guys know Bam Bam? Yeah, Bam Bam. I wrestled yeah. him, right? buddy of mine told me, oh, man, I saw Bam Bam the other night hanging out at a bar. He said, and Bam Bam came up to the door. Hey, I'm Bam Bam, blah, blah, blah. And, and he pushed his way in front of some little dude. He said, he said, this little dude turned around and hit him. And knocked him out cold. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. And it was just because he was cocky. He, he was somebody. He wanted everybody to see that he was better than the guy waiting in line. And obviously, it just wasn't the case. When, when you uh, are you a professional wrestling fan? No. Oh no. yeah, you are. I'm a fan of watching it on TV with my kid. No. Uh-huh. Yeah. It is the most cutthroat business in the world. Okay. Yeah. I had to sign a release every time I walked in a ring saying that if they killed me. It was cool. Oh, damn. <laughs> and they wanted to kill me. How okay, did they I contact you? i tell you why. What happened was that when I was wrestling, they had no health insurance. They had no life insurance. I got caught in a cage match with Dr. <laughs> Death at the Pepsi Center in, uh, in uh, Denver. And I was bleeding like a pig. And I went backstage and I go, okay, guys, do me a favor. Stitch me up. And they go, huh? I said, well, you know, get, stitch me up. And I said, no, this ain't going to close. And he said, well we don't have, you know, we can't, I said, what do you mean you can't do it? Go get me a needle and thread. I'll do the goddamn We don't have a needle and thread. They didn't have, they had Goldberg. They had Bret Hart. They had Sting. They had all these multi-million dollar guys. They didn't have a doctor or an x-ray machine or a needle and thread. Okay. Or, or, Or anything. You know what I mean? I was like, what are you guys out of your mind? So one day they walk in the door and they hand a con, they hand a script to us. And now, you know, I come from New York. I've been in legal battles my whole life with everybody. Okay, so I know my way around the ropes. I, they walk in and they hand me a script. And I stand up in the middle of the room and I go, see this script? This is SAG. 
You guys want insurance, you want health insurance, you want life insurance, I'll call my New York attorneys tomorrow, and you'll all have health insurance. And that's when they... Sag. He tried to drop the sag on him. Oh my god. (laughs) Is there no tentacle that hasn't snuck into every aspect? Man, I'm so glad that I pulled this now. Look at hands, tentacles, you know. (laughs) <laughs> how I do it <laughs> <laughs> oh damn damn got me man beautiful gorgeous um there's only a little bit left on this one we'll wrap it up that's when I knew my life was in peril <laughs> you know, I was a target at that point so you know they wound up you know wound up getting out of there before bother getting was good and Goldberg you know he told me he goes Jerry the only guy who could have done that was Hulk Hogan and he Never did. So pompous, pompous yeah. person. Well, I tried. Yeah. I, I tried. You know, I had nothing to lose. I was forty years old, and there were crippled guys, twenty-eight years old, twenty-five years old, crippled, can't even walk around, trying to make a living, Jeez. getting thrown around on in, in these small shows on Tuesday nights, and mm. and I was just like, man, this business is crazy. And that's <laughs> the story of Sag and Jerry Only and Guar and Macho Man Randy Savage and. MVP and the misfits and, and the misfits. <laughs> oh my goodness. What a what a collection of characters. Yeah, it was a crazy little story, man. Beautiful. Uh, there was uh And all it took was some guy to go across the street. Went, you know, hey, there's a misfits concert over there. I'll just walk across and say hi. Uh there was a funny quote from uh Michael Graves, who was the singer of the Misfits at the time. Um, on dealing with uh, Savage's intensity uh, during this meeting in Miami. I just stayed calm. I called him Mr. Man. I swear to God, I said, Mr. Man, listen. And I just hope for the best. <laughs> uh, continuing on, yeah, you know, I can't really speak ill of the dead. I've got to be honest with you. With my run-in with uh, Randy Macho Man Savage, that man had every right to be pissed off the way that he was. And uh, every right to be as scary as he was. And if he wanted to, he could have choked the shit out of me. He was just awesome, you know? He was an intense guy. Stay calm, son, is all I can think to myself. (laughs) Straight up. I love that. It's like, you know, Macho Man could have ripped my head off, but he's a great guy. He did not not do that. Uh, I can't believe that Macho Man just was that guy. Like, he, there was a point in his life... Early on, where he discovered this character, and then he just embodied this person. He w- he he like didn't have a normal thing. He didn't turn it off. He was Macho Man Randy Savage. It's a rare breed, man. True American hero. Agreed. Uh, that's uh that's all I got on this um this little uh just a little sn- snapshot of time. This little taste of a flash in time. Yeah, definitely go back and check out these matches. They're pretty funny. Oh, these are great. There's there's probably a wealth, a library of stuff to check out here. This is a well. No. Classic WWE. Sorry. Uh, WCW. Or WCW, sorry. I kind of mixed up. Let's, uh, I'm going to check in and see if we got any screen mails here. And it looks like we do. It's the time of the season. 
I'm the southern pie in a tie. Give it to me easy. Bow, bow, bow. And let me try with pleasure and hands to take you in the sun to promise to show you everyone. It's a time of the season for the What's your name? What's your name? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? He rich. Is he rich like me? Has he taken? Has he taken? Any time? Any time to show, to show you why we need to live. Tell it to me slowly. Tell you what I really want you to know. It's a time. Of a season for the <laughs> Wow. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. Keep the winds racking up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Woo! Just made six whole big ones. Let's go! My nipples are rock hard right now. Ooh! Glorious. Collars. It's the tits. It's the tits. It's top shelf, top tier, top drawer, top drawer. I want to frame you as my top shelf. <laughs> like I want to just want to put you up there as the top. I'm shelf going to put you <laughs> in a glass jar and display you on my mantle. Ooh, my tools, quote unquote. Uh, oh no! <laughs> How many people will say no to such a such a proposition? Yeah, if I cut off your arms and I cut off your legs, would you still love me anyways? Yeah. If you had no arms and no legs, would you still love me? Why don't you love me anyways? Why don't you love me? Uh, it looks like we got one more here in the can. Oh my goodness, we had so oh. many. Alright, light it up. Here, Here's an idea. Before you take uh, any cash to a bank to be deposited, Put some uh, capsaicin oil, you know, the oil from hot pepper seeds, or just pepper juice, you know, squeeze a jalapeno on there, on your bills, on, on your money, <laughs> and let it dry. Of course, you want to be careful handling it yourself when you take it to the bank. But when they get it, surprise, cocksuckers. <laughs> rubbing their eyes their greedy eyes and their nose whatever the greedy eyes That's uh, devilish indeed. Yeah, it's brilliant. Brilliant! It's kind of, it's like the physical equivalent of saying, I'll come back and butt fuck your father with your mom's headless corpse on this goddamn lawn. Just like that. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> Almost verbatim. Yeah, ver verbatim. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you to all the callers. There's a whole bunch of good ones there tonight. 
we had a slew of of bangers, a litany, a, a litany, yeah. a cornucopia, yeah, and a smorgasbord. Uh, it is fall after all. Fall after all, yeah. Well, thanks for hanging out, everybody. Uh, I think this brings us to a conclusion for tonight. Um, we will be back next Monday. Uh, hopefully, if I can get my stuff working again. I believe that uh, that you're going to have the old the old band back together next week. Yeah, uh, next Monday should be a fun episode. It's going to feature the return of Monty and Malachi, uh, the dudes that started off this show with me way back in the day. And I don't think we've had a episode together since like 31, 33, yeah. maybe. Yeah, it's been a it's been a hot minute. It's been a couple of years, people with a capital Y. Since uh, we had both Monty and Malachi in the house. So I'm looking forward to hearing that. Yeah, you'll be out for this one. I will be out for this one, unfortunately. But I will be back the following Monday and all other Mondays uh, in the immediate future. But I will be very much looking forward to this return. The return of Monty and Malachi. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm excited. It'll be fun. It's, it's, uh, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. I think so. I think it has been a long time coming. Yeah, they uh, they definitely have not been on the show since, uh, well, Malachi, at least, since we really started doing all the, the new stuff, the PC 2.0. So I'm excited to, read them, excited to read them in on it. Yeah. When I first came on, this was in episode 38, I believe. Uh, it was, uh, there was no... There was very little podcasting 2.0 as far as like what we're doing now. It was uh, it was before that. It was pre 2.0. I think it was actually just the Sphinx tribe. That's right. It was the very beginning of it. The yeah. very very start. The Sphinx tribe, which is is not even used anymore. I mean, it can be used, but there are other there's other stuff that's better now. Mm. Uh, really, Podserve. Podserve is the one. Oh, Podverse. Podverse. Sorry, yeah. Podverse. Oh, did we even say the thing? NudePodcastApps.com. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you're trying to get away from the typical Apple, Amazon, whatever podcast platform, you want to try something new, uh, we are part of something that's that's growing, and it's it's uh, very interesting, very new, Podcasting 2.0. You can go to our uh, show notes. probably be the easiest way to get there. Zoso's Corner. Z-O-S-O-S corner.substack.com You go there and you can click on one of the uh, buttons at the top, the yellow buttons and it says Nude Podcast Apps It's near the top and if you go there, you can find all kinds of interesting new, fascinating, useful charming apps that will help you be Podcasting 2.0 compliant Yeah. true it's it, <laughs> it is so undeniably true, <laughs> so, so incredibly true. Yeah, you're you're, can, you're never gonna believe how true it truly is. It's truly true. Uh, you can find that. Yeah, it's the biggest true you'll ever see. The true true, true true true, the big true true, truest Maximus. Ooh. Truius Maxima, the greatest. Trudus Maximilian. Justin Trudeau. 
Ew. Not so. Not so much. That cool. That no. cool. Just that cool. The sectomy do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You can go to zozoscorner.substack.com and you can find the chat room. You can find the shirts that we have on Threadless. You can find our website behindtheschemes.com with Reese Freeze and Schemes or loveislit.com. Uh, you can support independent media because we're a value for value production, which means that we don't accept ads. We don't accept any any kind of uh, corporate sponsorship because that is a trap. You're going to find yourself at a place where you can't talk about what you want to talk about. But here we're free of that. We're free of that. Aren't we, Blueberry? We're oh, free. So incredibly free. And I'm actually... I got some plans coming up here in December to make us a little more freer, I think. Oh, yeah. We're always cooking up new ideas and getting more free. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's just say the, the shopping carts are being built as we speak. <laughs> uh, I need an echo. Spooky echo laugh. <laughs> That's the one. It's going to be good. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm going to work some magic. We'll get, we'll get, hey, that's easy. We'll get you an echo. Yeah. And echoing, echoing, echoing gone. Till next Monday, this has been Booberry, Black Knight of the Mothman. And all the way from the bereft coast where things have been and always will be a little strange. My name is Lavish. People love the goats. Now, those goddamn goats. Mm-hmm. I want to come up there again and punch one of them out. Oh, dude, they love it. Oh, shit, yeah. Look at hands, tentacles, you know. <laughs> you know how I do it. <laughs> kind of cool. It's not all dudes here. Out here promoting cocaine use. But if you want to find something that's lavish and affordable, you should check out today's sponsor. Sorry, Mario. Uh, The princess is in another castle. In a pool of blood. Behind the scenes, you're calling yourself. Oh, yeah!